Hey guys, it's the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika here. Uh, before you guys hear this new episode, um, we recorded this episode before the Kyrie Irving to Dallas Mavericks trade. So you guys are going to hear some talk about Kyrie uh, potentially getting traded to the Lakers. Uh, Mike had some speculation on that, but obviously that's incorrect because we heard that Kyrie was getting traded to Dallas about three hours after we recorded the show. So if you guys hear that, just, you know, just bear with us that, you know, we can't do everything right in point in time. So thanks so much for the support, and we will see you guys uh, next week. Here's this week's episode. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He's here. We're locked in. We're ready to go. We got a loaded show for you guys this week and next week, quite frankly, and probably the week after that. We got we got a lot of stuff on on deck here, Mike. I mean, we we went through it uh, pre-show, you know, and I'm like, we let's move this back to next week so we can do this and that and everything else. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about, Mike. Well, obviously, we've got AFC NFC Conference Championship games to briefly review and complain about, and then we've got the Super Bowl we got to talk about. We're talking Tom Brady's retirement. We're talking head coaching carousel in the NFL. We got NBA trade deadline stuff we got to go over, and then of course we're gonna end the show like we usually do with some wrestling talk. Obviously, talking NXT Vengeance Day. Um, and some AEW stuff as well. So, Mike, we got a loaded show. Let's just jump right in. Um, AFC NFC Conference Championship Games. Now, we we did the quick hitter on it. Got some good stuff from that. Um, give me your thoughts though on on just the overall quality of play for this week for this past weekend because I really did not enjoy these football games. Yeah, no. I mean, I I liked. Uh... The second game, obviously, a little more. Well, yeah, the, the first the game first, was a scrimmage. So. Yeah, the first game gets <laughs> gets hurt when you have a third, fourth, and not a quarterback play yeah. quarterback for you. Right. It kind of just turns into, you yeah. know. A shit show. A shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a swear word show is what we do here. <laughs> um, second game, a lot more enjoyable, but I think there was a lot of uh, tit for tat yeah. that we can talk about in the second game that I was not a big fan of. Right. One, because I am a big fan of one, Sir Joe Burrow, and two, um, it was just not fun. <laughs> I have nothing else to say on it. It was just not, not a let, fun time for me. Let, you know, and here's the thing. I, I, I don't really want to go into each game, right? Everybody in the world's already kind of broken these games down at nauseum at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just due to our recording schedule, we can't really do that. However, I do want to talk about this briefly. When is the NFL mm-hmm. going to get tired of the of the prevailing narrative that you have some really bad officiating determining games like this, like important games, right? Mm-hmm. It's one thing for us Lions fans to be out here and be like, yeah, like we've kind of been on the end of this stick for a long time, right? And it kind of feels like that. But now we're starting to see this happen more and more. We've seen this a few times just since our show existing, right? The um rams saints game right where a clear penalty should have been called and like i don't know what you're talking about and then they later they go yeah are bad right and the same like yeah but now we don't get to go to the super bowl assholes mm-hmm. um we see it you know, we just we saw it with cincinnati a couple times in, in in kansas city this game as well we're like okay all of a sudden we kill a play because the play didn't work maybe potentially mm-hmm. we don't really know missing penalties right all of a sudden ticky tack stuff gets called one way but not the other when is 
when's enough going to be enough for the NFL? Or do you think they just don't care because at the end of the day, they're probably getting the result that they would prefer anyway? Mm-hmm. Like, give me just your kind of thoughts on the officiating, and especially in big-time games like this. Yeah, so I think the thing that annoys me the most, because I'm not a big uh, referee right um cost someone the game type of guy right i i generally think most times yeah the the team themselves could have won a game mm-hmm. lose and then it's like and then they'll go ah, but yeah but did, did right. you see that one call that went against us it's like right. yeah but like sorry Cincinnati, if you had the ball twice tie game yep. you could go downfield and score right. and you threw an interception and then punted yeah i i can't there's right. not a lot I can say there. Like, you could have just, you know, scored and, you know, went down to the score. <laughs> However, I think the thing that annoys me the most about some of this stuff yeah. is, like, neutral fans yeah. of just, like, like no, just regular yeah. football fans yeah. watching games for Don't have a rooting interest. That don't have a right. dog in the fight, as right. they would say, right? Yep. It's because um, I try to look at every game objectively, whether it's the Lions mm-hmm. or... Seattle or any team I watch, I try to watch them objectively. Right. Obviously, while I'm watching it, I have a slight bias. Of course. Obviously. Well, because you're rooting for a team. I'm rooting for a team. But if a call goes a certain way, right. I try to look at stuff objectively and go, okay, but if this was happened in another game in a different setting, right. would this be a bad call? Like, would this annoy right. me the same way? Mm-hmm. Or is it just like, oh, they called a hold on Taylor Decker? Right. Was it really like that bad of a call, or am I just like a Upset salty Lions because, fan because right. it was on the Lions? Like, right. like I think you have to take it into account on what's happening there. Absolutely. Um, the annoying thing that happened this past week was non-Cincinnati fans not admitting that the re- that the refereeing was bad. Right. And I think that's also part of the problem why it doesn't get fixed very often mm-hmm. is because it's if one you listen, fan base yeah, complaining. one right. fan base is compl- like so in the twenty eighteen when they had the Patriots mm-hmm. Chiefs. Coin right. flip, right? Like they went to overtime. Right. They lost. Chiefs lost the coin toss. Patriots went down the field and scored. Only the Chiefs right. were complaining. Right. Oh my God! I cannot believe we didn't, we didn't, get a, chance we to didn't score. get a chance right. to score. Blah blah. Right. And they were like, "Well, sorry, sucks to be you." Yeah. But when Buffalo right. happens, right. and everyone wanted Buffalo to win that game, right. and no one wanted Kansas City to win that game because everyone wanted a lot of people probably wanted the Patriots and Brady to win that game because oh, yeah. there's a lot of Brady fans out there yeah. who want to see Brady succeed when. The Chiefs are kind of the villains of the NFL, mm-hmm. and it would happen the same way if the Packers were in it too, or Dallas or something, mm-hmm. right? And a team, and they lose, and Buffalo loses to that villainish team. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a we huge make a rule, we, How, make a rule we have change. to make a rule change. This right. is unbelievable. Right. So I just think that because it happened to Cincinnati, yeah, and it was like the the darlings of the NFL, right. You know, it's 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 a slightly different situation, but no one's. It's annoying because no one's complaining about it, and I think more people yeah, should be talking about it. And I think that I think you're making a great point when you say that, like, it, you have to look at it from the sense of put yourself in Cincinnati's shoes here, yeah. right? Like, understand and go objectively. This game was poorly officiated. Yeah. I and and since we're a Detroit podcast, mm-hmm. if the Lions played San Francisco in the NFC Championship game next right, year, right? And, oh, it's happening, and it, and it very well could happen. <laughs> uh, whatever, but best year of my life. <laughs> if San Francisco on a third and ten, yep. 
five yard pass. Right. Now, okay, it's fourth down. Right. Their punting unit goes out. Referee comes over and goes, "Hey, you know, we kind of messed up the clock, so San Francisco gets an, another, another third try. down opportunity. Everyone in Detroit will lose their minds. Will lose their mind. Oh yeah. And on every radio station, oh, yeah. uh, probably on this podcast, oh, yeah. we would be going." Unbelievable! You gave them a third, a second third down, yep. and then a really bad defensive holding right. on that third down right. gave them a new set of downs. And they went down scoring, and then they went down scoring, and you lose. Yep. You would never hear the end of it, right? Absolutely, never hear the end of it. Nope. Even how the game ended with those two holding, like the miss holding calls, yep. and then he pushed Mahomes out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Yes. Shouldn't have pushed Mahomes out of bounds. Yep. But you have two clear holding calls. You're telling me you wouldn't see 130 screenshots on Twitter at, of this yeah. holding call? At minimum, it would be, like like you said, right? The push, that's a penalty, clearly. Yes. But you also have to call the oh. two glaring holding calls, which allows him the escapability in the first place, mm-hmm. which normally happens on a play like that because it's a broken play. Linemen don't know where the quarterback's at. So it should have been offsetting and just redid the and down. And just redid the down. Yeah. But... Yep. You know, so you would see 150 screenshots on Twitter going, mm-hmm. oh, but that pushing a guy out of bounds is a penalty, but this holding's not a penalty. Right. And that's what people in right. Detroit would be complaining oh, about yeah. if it was the Lions in the And that's what Cincinnati fans are doing right now. And so right? that's what Cincinnati fans are doing. Yep. But everyone in, like, say Detroit or yep. in a neutral, like, setting mm-hmm. is like, I think it was officiated pretty well. Right. Yeah. Do, do yeah. you, though? No. Like, do you really, though? Right. I, I don't think it was fair. Now, on that same point, like I said earlier, I don't blame the officiating on why Cincinnati lost, yeah. but I can also say I don't think the, the officiating was on point and fair on yeah, both sides. I, I just think that it needs to get to a point where we don't have to have this conversation. It's one thing if this game was officiated better and then the defensive tackle pushes Mahomes out of bounds, late hit, right, or whatever, and yeah. we go, okay, well, they gave, okay, well, they messed up. They made a mistake, and Kansas City capitalized because of it. The problem is, is that I think too many people harp on that specific play, and they go, well, that's why they lost the game. I go, no, no, no. That is a byproduct of the, of the situation that you're now in because of the poor officiating throughout the first three and a half quarters, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. it's a situation where, even if it's going to be a poorly officiated game or you're going to ticky-tack everything, it needs to be – you need to have some semblance of, okay, this is clearly being called both ways. If you're going to call something one way, I, I go back to a pass interference call on Mike Hilton where I go, this is not pass interference. I go, yeah. it's basically you're telling the cornerback you have to let him catch it and then tackle him. That's the only way this works. Yeah. And so it's like things like that where I go, if you're going to call it like that, then Jamar Chase can't get mugged. By name a guy, right? Like yeah. you can't, you can't, you have to call it both ways. And whether it's bad calls on both sides, at least I can accept that. And I go, okay, this officiating crew is just really keeping things. Yeah. And, and here's the thing is I generally, I think I would prefer yeah. them to not call it. Correct. Than to try call equally on both sides. Correct. I would agree with like, that. I, like, yep. listen, if... Like, well, I'll just keep bringing up the, like, Alliance yeah. 49ers example, right? If Amon Ra goes over the middle of the field, gets hit yeah. before the ball comes to him, and right. you don't call it, right. I'll go, that's annoying. Yeah. Fine. But if Alexander Zaloni then hits right. Debo Samuel before he catches the ball, right. that shouldn't be a penalty either. Right. Like, right. like yep. keep it consistent. Yeah. And if you want to call it on on Amon Ross, or if you want to call it and say Fred Warner hitting him or yep. whatever, then you call it on out. Like, like just try to be more consistent with it. Yep. And if you're going to be calling, uh, you know, hand-checking mm-hmm. pass interference, then you have to call it all every single all-game long. Right. Like, you, and, and you got to set it early, like first quarter. Right. If, if you could throw a guy out of bounds before he catches the ball mm-hmm. and it's not a penalty, 
Okay, then then we we can play more physical today. Do you think some of these issues would be resolved if the rest were technically full time employees? Uh, to an extent, probably. Yeah. Um, because we've I, seen like the we saw when the rest went on strike a few years ago, right? Where like we had like the replacement those preseason refs were bad, were bad yeah. or right? like week two, and, one yeah. and two. And so you're like, bad. and then they brought the regular rest back. I'm like, oh, this is so much better. Yeah. And now that that's yeah. kind of the worn thing off. is though is like <laughs> I watch a lot of NBA, yeah. and the NBA have full time refs, mm-hmm. and even the NBA refs. Yeah. miss a lot right. and call bad stuff. Like, I don't think having... I think full-time refs would help. Yeah. At least have... I would say at least the head... Yeah. What is it? The head chief yeah. ref? Yeah, the head official. The head official yeah. on right. each game. Right. Have him be full-time. Yeah, the white hat. Yeah, yeah the white hat yeah. Uh, official. Have him be full-time. Right. Because then... Because everything goes through him. And so he can be like, hey... Like, like the other... Like, mm-hmm. the back judge is like, hey, I saw this holding... Okay, did he, you know, maybe he can be like, hey, did he do, did he hook him? Did he, what, right. like, what was he holding? They watch it on the replay maybe and go, that's, I, that's not, yeah, that's not right. holding to me. Yeah. That I won't call it. You know what I mean? Like have someone that's a yeah. full-time guy, at least one guy on the staff for each game. Mm-hmm. But since they're all not full-time, mm-hmm. I think it, yeah. it, it hurts a little bit, but also in other sports. I think it's, I think it's a combination of they're not full-time, right? There's no real repercussion for a ref either. I, I think the repercussion thing is more. Yeah egregious than that like if you told me that for if you miss a pass that pass interference in the saints rams game you get fined yeah a hundred thousand dollars right you're not missing that call again yeah right agreed as an nfl official because you're not making 30 million dollars you know to send a memo to that team saying hey we messed up it's like okay well that that great you said i'm sorry we've heard we've heard dan campbell say like what we're gonna do okay we get a a text message saying my bad like we gotta go yeah like if, if if refs were to come out and they were like X and X ref gets right. fined $50,000 for missing this call. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more refs mm-hmm. would at least maybe, Probably put the flag away. <laughs> yeah. Either put the flag away or, or throw an extra flag right. and then double check it. Yeah. But right. rather than just like right. not doing anything about it. Yeah. I think, I think there's, I think there's that. Right. And I think too, you know, it gets down to the end of the, end of the day where it's just, you know, it, I, it's one of those situations where I, at the end of the day, I'm just, I just don't like having these situations where we're talking about officiating more than yeah. we're talking about the game itself. Yeah. Right? Now, and that's unfortunate. Now, to, to bear through it, though, yeah. when you watch the games objectively, yeah. Eagles and Chiefs were the better teams Absolutely. on their games. Correct. Eagles for... Well, I mean, Eagles played a backup team. <laughs> yeah, they played a, a, a literally the sixth-string quarterback at yeah. one point who couldn't right. throw the ball Josh forward. Johnson's played for every team in the NFL times two. So. Yeah, literally. <laughs> um, so the, that game, like, Eagles were just going to win that game once Brock Purdy got hurt regardless, basically. Yep. But Chiefs played better than the Bengals did. Yep. Yep. Bengals had chances to win the game at the end, yep. but Chiefs played better yep. from... Agreed. First quarter to fourth quarter. And let's let's shift our focus now, right, to this matchup between Eagles and Chiefs, right? So, you know, two one seeds, right, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun, right? We don't, for whatever reason, we don't get that a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, the one seed goes down. And maybe it's just because the Packers are the one seed at the NFC and they always lose. I don't know. No. But, um, you know, so you've got, you've got a matchup of, you know, high-profile quarterbacks, right, some explosive offenses, right, and I think underrated defenses at the end of the day, right? I still don't think people look at the Eagles' defense and go, holy crap, even though they're probably, a, you know, pretty, they're pretty solid as we've gone over before. Yeah, I, th- I think we've said that I think the Eagles' defense doesn't have the star power yep. at all 11 positions, mm-hmm. but as a team unit. Right. They're probably yeah. the they're probably the second scariest outside of the Niners, right? And then looking at you know looking at the Chiefs, the defensive line really dictated their 
game plan against Cincinnati, right? And I think this was the first game really that Joe Burrow and Cincinnati has been affected by like, oh, okay, we really do need to invest in our offensive line. Like yeah. or in just the worst way. Right, exactly. They had like, like three injuries yeah, on the offensive correct. line. So. so looking at this game though, Mike, what what is your key to this game for you, right? Is it is it Jalen Hurts stepping up, right? Because I didn't think Hurts played bad in the NFC title game. I thought he just did enough. I thought he was just kind of like, I'm just going to be here and exist. I, you know yeah, what I, mean? I, think, I think once... Um, Purdy went out. Yeah, you just it coasted. Just like, don't make a mistake yeah, it was and like, we're fine. Yeah, if we throw two, if I throw two picks, yeah, and put them in good field position, right? We like it might cost us the game. Mm-hmm. If I don't turn the ball over, right. and we win this game seventeen seven, right, we're chilling, right. So I think I think that was the Eagles. Mindset, yeah, no, I'm not, so. I'm, not, I'm not dogging him. I'm just saying, yeah, like, so he didn't look think, like this dominant force by any stretch. Yes. Like he has looked in, in yes. the regular yes. regular season. Mahomes is banged up. Mm-hmm. Receivers are banged up for Kansas City as well. So you know you don't have McCole Harbin, Juju, and uh, Kadarius Tony are coming in, but they're not a hundred percent. They can't run the ball. On the flip side, Philadelphia's run game has really kind of carried them this playoff, right? They killed the Giants on the ground, right? They kind of leaned in and enforced their will second half against the Niners. You still have a guy like A.J. Brown, who we're both really high on. Eagles defense, scary good and under and kind of sneaky good. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's defense, front four-wise is pretty good. Secondary-wise, you don't know if you have Legereus Sneed, right? He's their best corner by far. Um you know, you don't have like Honey Badger back there anymore either, right? You got Justin Reed, where that's kind of a little bit of a, a dip in, in talent overall. Kind of give me your thoughts. What is the key matchup for this game? What are you looking for um, as we go into Super Bowl 57? Yeah, I think uh, number one, and I only think it's close really, yep. is the Travis Kelsey effect. Yeah. Is he is like, so before you would have. Tyreek and Travis Kelsey to really mm-hmm. okay, we gotta figure out how we're gonna stop both of these guys right. to try to figure out a way to beat them. Um, now you're going into the games where if you can stop Travis Kelsey or slow him down, mm-hmm. you have a astronomically better chance of winning the game. Yeah. Um, and Travis Kelsey, I will say it till the day it stops happening, he is open on damn near every single play. Right. And it's it's like infuriating because I sit on the couch <laughs> and go. I know this. I know this third and four. Is he's going. looking at Travis Kelsey the entire way, yeah. and he's still wide ass open every single time. Yep. It's kind of like when you watch the Lions offense and you go, so "I know I'm going to. I know St. Brown's going to get the ball, and there's just nothing you can do to stop I, it." I do it's, it in Madden. Yeah, and it's infuriating to no end. Well, I mean, it's not infuriating for me. No, no, I'm but, but you know, but you're just but like you know, he's always open. It's just yeah. like it's impossible to always be open, right. and somehow he's always open. Same thing for Travis Kelsey. That man is always open regardless yeah. of the situation regardless on who's on him so i think they need to somehow scheme up a way i don't care how many guys it takes to slow him down because yeah. if you take him out then mahomes actually has to like find another guy yeah. crazy crazy thought to find another receiver mm-hmm. and i i'm not going to say he can't do it cuz he is the best quarterback in football but he doesn't always do it because his third down safety blanket is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and honestly, and I thought this last game showed a lot for me in far, from a Mahomes evaluation standpoint. Yes, he's the best quarterback in football, but when you limit his mobility, right, and he can't get out of the pocket, and, and he's the king of the broken play. Yes. And, and, and every, you know what I mean? And, you know, kudos to you, right? You're, you're awesome. I get it. I killed to have he's, you on my he's, team. He's like Roger-esque from like his oh, yeah. Super Bowl run those yeah. first couple of years after, where it was like, if the play breaks down, you, 
like it's Mahomes almost worse. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want the play to actually be intact <laughs> yeah. to be able to stop it because yeah. once the receivers start bouncing routes around and yep. you start running around, yeah. it's almost unstoppable. And that's where the big it. plays happen. But I was not impressed with Patrick Mahomes' ability to read a defense against Cincinnati mm-hmm. when he was forced to stay in the pocket and diagnose and throw the football. I did not think he did a very good job of that. I thought he did a good enough job. Clearly, they won the game, but I didn't. Go, I didn't get out of that game and go, "Wow, man, he just picked him apart." Like we have talked at nauseum at times from games, right? Whether it's big Lions games, uh, Super Bowl games, whatever, where you you had a guy stand in the pocket and go, "Nope, I'm just, like I'm just going to dot you up because this is what I do." We've seen it, you know. We've seen it with Brady. We've seen it with Rodgers. We've seen it with Peyton. We've seen it, so many guys, right? We've just seen where you go. He just knows what you're going to do, and he knows to find the soft spots in coverage, and that's what happens. I haven't seen Mahomes do that a ton, and I think the games that we have seen Mahomes struggle, whether it's Cincinnati, we saw him struggle against Tampa Bay, right? We've seen him struggle against teams where you go, what are they doing? That's forced that what what are they doing? And I think the biggest thing, honestly, is keeping him in the pocket and forcing him to diagnose things when it's not broken, when he can't get out there and force the defense to shift, right, and kind of come off of their coverage. I am very fascinated on what the Eagles are going to do defensively because Mahomes with that bum ankle, he ain't going to be running willy-nilly out there this week or this upcoming weekend. So I don't know how good or effective they're going to be. Couple that with the fact that Kansas City cannot run the football. Mm -mm. It is an Andy Reid thing since he got to KC, where, like, they just cannot do it. Like, and they've had good running backs in Kansas City at at times, right? You've had Jamal Charles. You've had, I mean, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round. He doesn't even play Uh anymore. I I mean, I think it's going to be a struggle for Kansas City to consistently move the football on this Eagles defense. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, on the flip side, you know, I don't know, like, I think if you're, this is going to sound cliche, Kansas City has to stop the run, mm-hmm. first and foremost, to, to, to kind of get them. And I think, but at, at this point, because Hurts is at least more healthy than Mahomes, right? I, I think you're in those situations where, like, I'm kind of afraid of Jalen Hurts throwing to Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown because I don't know if your secondary can hold up for four quarters and keep them in the 17-point range mm-hmm. to, keep, to give your offense, who is banged to hell, a shot at it. Thoughts on anything that I'm saying here? Because, like, I'm just looking at it and I go, the Eagles clearly have an advantage on both sides of the ball in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think... Just with the situation, injuries and everything else. I think it's one of those things where it's it literally comes down to if you go down through every positional group right. outside of quarterback and tight end, mm-hmm. the Eagles have right. it. have it. They if have you, it. If you go running back, take Miles Sanders. Yep. Wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Right. Over over oh. 75%. Of, I'm going to praise that. Even with Juju, 100%. Even Juju and MVS, 100%. Right. Or Tony, whoever, yep. 100%. I'd yep. take A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith over them. Yep. Um, offensive line. I'd probably take. Oh, I'm taking. Oh, I'm taking the Eagles 100. You've got all pros. You've got yeah. Lane Johnson. You've got uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah, no, Jason, Kelsey. Jason, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. Right. You've got. Um, Suomalo, their guard, they, they have pieces. And yep. they have Andre Dillard just sitting there as a sixth guy yeah. waiting at any time to yeah, come in. Their, their defensive line, I think it's probably one of the closer ones because you have Chris Jones and Frank Clark compared to, like, Fletcher Cox and yeah, right. Hassan uh, Reddick and stuff. Yeah, Hassan Reddick is a low-key dog, though. He is. Um, but, like, linebackers and secondary, I don't even think it's close. It's no. Philly. Nope. It's literally, you got Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Right. 
and the rest is almost all Eagles. And what's crazy to me, and once again, right, props to Mahomes. If Mahomes was 100% going into this game, mm-hmm. I'd be like, man, I still think it's hard to bet against Kansas City. Yeah. Because if he's 100% healthy, he just, he's so dynamic, right? He's similar to your comp with Aaron Rodgers, where he just wills his team, even though you know the talent-wise. You're like, this team should not be this yeah, good. And there's like him... Brady Burrow or yep. some of the guys where they line up against you in like a playoff situation. And you go, so well, and you go make a play. You go, God, they're just so good. It's hard yeah. for me to say no. Right. Unless one team is so far superior than right. you. And I think the Eagles are really good in a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're leaps and bounds. They're not. Better. And that's and, and that's the hard part. Correct. Is when you compared them with the Bucks a couple years ago, yeah. because of the offensive line stuff, you could be like I think the Bucks are generally yep. a few steps above Kansas City. Well, they were because, a more complete team. Yeah, they were like their yeah. defense was was better. Yep. They're all like because Chiefs offensive line was all banged up. Yep. It was like you could get to Mahomes really quickly and everything, mess up the timing and everything. Mm-hmm. I think they were f- like far better away yep. than the Chiefs were. Yeah. I think in this one it's like I don't think the Eagles are far better in a way. Right. And so when you're not far better in a way, and you have the way better quarterback and the way better yeah. weapon right. in Travis Kelsey, right. it's really hard to bet against mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. it's really hard to bet against Brady and Gronk. Right. Oh, yeah, against for sure. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. Like, when they played the Eagles, it was yeah. like, okay, Eagles have this, 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 this. They got Brady and Gronk. It's yeah. like, oh, God. Right. Exactly. Yeah, right. Brady's got whoever receiver, doesn't matter. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter. And that's kind of how it feels with this one is yeah. the Eagles have – D-line, yeah. secondary, offensive right. line, running back. Right. Yeah, but they got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. Right, exactly. And you're just like, is a 75%, 80% Patrick Mahomes good enough? Good enough. To beat a, I was, I'm going to put a 90% because, you know, his, his shoulder can't be 100% yet. Hurts yeah. his shoulder, right? So it's like, is he good enough to, to will it there? Before I get to predictions, right, what does this do? Legacy wise for both guys, right? Mm-hmm. If if Hertz wins it, right, you've asserted yourself. Okay, you're getting that long term. You're gonna get a long term deal, right? But now you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback, right? That changes everything, right? Yeah. For Mahomes, now you've won two, mm-hmm. and now you're in a totally different category of quarterback now, right? Yeah. Like you got guys that have won one. Some people are like, so "This guy, yeah, he won it, but he didn't really win it." Now you're getting to the point where you've really established yourself as like the dog. Right, like you are the guy. You're the only quarterback in the league now that has two, more than one Super Bowl. Have, yeah, that right, two, yeah. right. Now that Brady's gone, which we'll hit on in a second. Which is more? Which is more important? I guess. Which one is more? Um, you know what? What does? Because if Mahomes loses now, mm-hmm. right, we're gonna go to the LeBron effect a little bit. Right now, he's gonna get dinged mm-hmm. for being one and two in Super Bowls. Yeah, that's. You know, yes. I, I see. Here's the thing: is at the end of the day, yeah, I think the Mahomes legacy arc, yeah, I think in ten years, yeah, the debate is going to be as close to the LeBron Jordan debate as you're going to get, mm-hmm. where Mahomes is going to have all the numbers and yeah. he's going to have every playoff category you want, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's going to have all these numbers, and he's going to have. Three Super Bowls and yep. seven appearances or something. <laughs> Whatever the number yeah, is, right? right? right, right. Uh, but it's going to be like, yeah, Brady's got seven. And it's going to be a really tough mountain for Mahomes to climb over that. And, and I, there's a chance that he can. Right. Like, he doesn't need to get to seven to pass Brady. If no. he has four or five and has every statistical category, it's uh, a good chance you can. I don't know. Because they did. he did lose to him head-to-head. 
And that, that's, and the, the, that's, the, that's the one other, difference that's, for LeBron Jordan. Yes, we'll never that, see that. Yeah, you never yeah. saw. It. So that yeah. is one. That's why it's even harder for yeah. Mahomes to get past there because right. you and you got like manhandled when you lost to him. Too. And not only that, and you lost to him twice in the playoffs. Like the two times I you think played Brady, I think it's hard to put on any quarterback. Hey, here's how you have. Here's how you become the goat. Go win eight Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's why. Like, here's the thing: is like in basketball, right. the the the. Right. Um, the ring debate is not how I would compare, like, Brady's the GOAT. Yep. I just think in every yeah. big circumstance, mm-hmm. Brady comes up big. Yes. Is, right. is why I think Brady's yeah. the GOAT, right? Like, every Super Bowl outside of the 17-0 Super Bowl, yeah. basically. How how different would this conversation be if they lost to San Francisco? Well, it I would, think it would be ginormous. It wouldn't different. even be a debate if they lost. No, 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 no. Not, oh, wait, not, not, the, not the debate of whether he can become the greatest. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm talking about... How big this Super Bowl would be for Mahomes? No, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like it would it would be the biggest because yeah. if you're zero and three, <laughs> you're you're walking into like John Elway territory where you win a lot of you, yeah. you get to the Super Bowl a lot and yeah. you have numbers, right? But it's like you never win one, right? Until like, you're in, until, yeah, until you're in, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this one's big for Mahomes yeah. in legacy standing of like, I mean, this would, he's already the best quarterback in football. Yeah, like for sure. Pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty retrospectively, right? And mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's, 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 he, listen, he's already probably if he like, retired tomorrow. He's a Hall of Famer. Let's yes, just be real. Yes, like he's, like he's, he's he on that level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you wanted to catch some of the greats, yeah. this is like a very important Getting a one. second one's huge. Yes. Getting a second one is huge for, for so many reasons, right? Yeah. Like, a lot of guys in like listen, Lions won a Super Bowl. I'd be thrilled, right? But mm-hmm. to like go back and do it again, it's so hard. It's yes. so hard to do it. It's it's one of the hardest things to do in sports. Yeah. You don't see back to back to back Super Bowl champions in the NFL. There's a reason yeah. for that. And then, and this would this would qualify the Chiefs to be technically a dynasty. Three Super right. Bowls in four years with right. two wins would be right. like you would be yeah. like this is the the mm-hmm. 2020s would be the Kansas City yeah, dynasty era, era right. basically right. end of end of 2010s early 2020s would yeah. be like the era of Kansas City yeah. if they lose this one I don't think it's as strong of a case as no the it's era like of you're Kansas really City. good you're really you're good there. you went, you won a lot of you got to the AFC Championship game every year but you won one Super Bowl out of it right. it's not as impressive right. the Eagles flip side Jalen Hurts that's um, that's two in what five years. Six years? Yeah, Eagles would be two in six years. That's crazy. Uh, Jalen Hurts would get one. Um, I mean, he would solidify being a, probably the third best quarterback in football yeah. behind Mahomes and Burrow, in my mind, probably. I yeah. can't really think of ring. You win a ring, that helps quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, you win a ring. Like The only thing I would have is Joe Burrow, because I think Joe Burrow has done it multiple years now, where yep. Jalen Hurts is only like, mm-hmm. he's he's got the one ride but he hasn't had the consecutive rides. Like, right. Bur- Burrow didn't win it, but he went to the Super Bowl. They got right back to the AFC Championship game. So mm-hmm. he's literally, every year he hasn't been hurt, the two years he's been to the AFC right. Championship game or farther. Um, so I would think it would eclipse, he would like easily pass Josh Allen, easily pass Lamar. Mm-hmm. Like he jumps from like middle, Once the pack, again, lower you, you become You become one of three. what? So let's see, Mahomes, Rodgers, Stafford, I'm gonna throw Flacco in there technically because he's still actively Russell playing. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. That's it. That's right? probably Nick Foles if he's still in the league somewhere. Oh yeah, technically, yeah. Okay, but starters will take out Flacco and Foles. 
Yeah, right. Four, so you got four. You get one of four quarterbacks to win with, Super with Bowl, a ring. Probably. Now, yeah. granted, it doesn't help that Brady or Manning. I was just say Bra- AFC yeah, Bra- the- I was just <laughs> say Brady and Manning were literally Brady, have, like- Manning, and Roethlisberger was like so that one of these three teams is going, huh? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, like they were the only three teams that represented the Super Bowl outside of the Don't one Flacco one for like fifteen years <laughs> and one. That's so wild. And won like what ten of oh, like ten of them almost. Yeah, you know, it's, right. Like, not a lot of representation there, but still. Yeah, it's still. Yeah, you'd be wild. one of one of four to yeah starters. starting QBs in the league right now. That's like actively being paid to play football, not just in case of emergency football. Yeah, you know that's a what that's a pretty want? exclusive group to be a part of when you when you really brace it down there. So I'm very interested. All right, enough chit chat. You got. All right, so I saw a. So a screenshot the other day. Yeah. Of that guy who predicted the 10 years of Super Bowls on Twitter? No. Oh, he did this like five years ago. He was like, here's my prediction for the next 10 Super Bowls, and he's been right to a T. Every team. Really? Yeah, they screenshotted it. It's like got the date from like 2018 or something like that. He's projected the next 10. He's been 100% right. Whoa, really? Swear to God. Does he have the Eagles on this one? Yep, sure does. Okay, I'm going Eagles. <laughs> Not because of that. I was no. going to go Eagles beforehand, yeah. but I didn't yeah. know that. That's He's actually... got, I think, Cincinnati winning next year, somebody else winning the year after that, and then Jacksonville or something like that. That was like, crazy. That... That's funny. It's funny because it sounds... It could totally happen. Yeah, like, Cincinnate could definitely win next I was year. Like, I, I wish the Lions were on this list, but yeah, isn't that crazy? No, I saw a screenshot where uh, they had Eagles, Chiefs, Super Bowl 57. It was like off of like... Actually, I saved it. I'll show, I'll show you. <laughs> Obviously, the audiences have no idea what I'm talking about, but I'll show you this. So this was on Twitter the other day, and it was just yeah. like... It was like Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl Fifty Seven, and they have this like score, wow, and like all this, and like what the score is after each quarter and uh-huh. everything off of like uh-huh. it looks like it's off of like ESPN or something, and so I've taken the Eagles thirty seven thirty four basically right off of oh this. Oh my god! Hold on, I gotta find this damn picture now because I think it's crazy. Um, twenty eighteen looks like. Well, let me see here. Yeah, they, this guy, whatever this thing is, I don't know if it's like photoshops or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's hysterical. They were like, because they were talking about the NFL scripts that yeah. like the script writers, like uh-huh. it's been a meme on yes. Twitter all week. The, well, Arian Foster went like, yeah, I got a script and it said this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. And then, so everyone's been going everyone's crazy been on the script it. stuff. So yeah. this is like a picture of like, oh, the script's been leaked already or whatever. Right. So, Hold on, I'm uh, trying to. <laughs> see the worst I, just, I don't want to. I'll find it, but yeah, it's crazy. I think he had literally like it was two a t twenty sixteen Broncos, twenty seventeen Patriots, twenty eighteen Eagles, twenty nineteen Patriots, twenty twenty Chiefs, twenty twenty one Bucks, twenty twenty two Rams, twenty twenty three Eagles, twenty twenty four Bills, twenty twenty five Jags, twenty twenty six Bengals. Damn! If that happens, that's some freaky shit. Right that is some, that is some good stuff. Freaky shit right there. Wow. Yeah, and that's crazy. Seven, is, seven so far because like, how do you predict the Rams to get there? Like yeah. out of nowhere, like no one predicted the Stafford trade. You know, the crazy part about that is like realistically, yeah, that could happen. I know because that's a lot of AFC in a row that wins. Yeah, that's like three in a row. Yeah, but like Bills winning next year. Oh yeah, it's, it's not likely, but like yeah. could happen. Jags, Trevor Jags Lawrence with Trevor becomes Lawrence the guy. Like, yeah, yeah, year four or five, and then Burrow up. finally gets it, breaks through because the narrative will be, well, Burrow can't win the big one, and then he breaks through finally, yeah. like Peyton did. I, would, I think uh, I see somewhere, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's his 2027 Lions. No, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that's yeah. not a completely wrong yeah. list. Um, Isn't that crazy though? Yeah, yeah. 
I'll, um, I'll, I'll t- I mean, no matter what, I was going to take Eagles. Yeah, I got Eagles. I've been, I've been having Eagles since, like, the day after the championship games. I was yeah. kind of thinking about it. I, um, I, I just look at this game and I go, Mahomes is banged up. Receivers are banged up. I, I don't love their defense against Philadelphia mm-hmm. specifically. I just think that Philadelphia's offense is really, really good. Um, yeah. It's complete. They run the football. They can run the read option. They can hit the deep pass, right? Like, they've just got a little bit of everything. And, man... From a safety blanket perspective, Dallas Goddard's a top five tight end in this league right now. Yeah. Like he's really playing really, really good football. I just I think the offensive line is good. And I think that if because of Steve Spagnola's defense, they like to be aggressive, they like to blitz. This offensive line is legit for Philadelphia. And I think that it's gonna leave Kansas City's corners a little bit on an island, right? Because you got second, you know, you've got rookies playing there right now. That's not a good recipe against mm-hmm. AJ Brown or Devontae Smith or Quez Watkins or whoever. Like, that's the guy That's the guy who's going to have two touchdowns. He's going to have three receptions, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. And you're going to go, oh, okay, I guess that's the guy, right? I can just see that happening. Yeah. I got Philadelphia in this game. Um, I've got him, like, 31-24, something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just... I just don't know if they're gonna be able to keep up. I yeah. really, I really uh, don't. I'm going with my, a, yeah. I'm going with my script readers, so yeah. I'm going 37-34. There you go, Eagles. At the end of the day, I just want it to be a good game, mm-hmm. please. If it's a blowout, either way, even if we're right and the Eagles win, it sucks. I hate, I hate blowout Super Bowls. They're the worst. Yeah. Annoying. I don't like them unless it's the Lions playing, in which case, best day ever. Actually, and 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 to that point, yeah. I actually don't want them to blow out somebody because if I have to rewatch, like. Oh no! I I would totally no, see as yeah. a Seattle fan. Yeah, I hate watching the one Super Bowl they won, mm-hmm. and the game's not competitive after like four minutes. That is true, though. Going back to look at it a little bit, because like in, in the okay, moment, you're in like, the moment you're you like, did it? They definitely did it. It's a hundred percent there. Yeah. But I would have, I would, I would take away that forty-eight Super Bowl yeah. if they got to win the forty-nine Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah, because that game was awesome. awesome. So right. if I'm watching an awesome game yeah. and at the two-yard line he throws and it's actually a touchdown instead of an interception, it's a much better like. Yeah. I can watch the whole game go. Oh my god, here we. Go and he's gonna throw this touch and like yeah look at this play and then oh they come back with a haymaker this way yeah, yeah. I agree with like you. I would yeah. rather it be a good game like if you told me beforehand Lions gonna win yeah. I'd be like all right I want a competitive game right I don't want to blow up because yeah. then in ten years I want to watch the Listen, game and not be bored out of my mind when Stafford and the Rams won that Super Bowl last year it was a good game it was a great game I really enjoyed the game but I was so nervous the whole game right because mm-hmm. I was like he's got to do it because if he doesn't do it so many people are gonna come back at me and mm-hmm. be like you're an idiot and I told you so. When he did it, though, it was like, I don't know if I'm prepared for the Lions to play meaningful football. And I hope they will be next year. But, like, I don't know if my heart, my literal physical heart can Uh take it because I'm a freak of nature and I take things way too seriously. And I feel like it's going to be, like, one of those things where, like, if they win a playoff game, they win the division. I'm going to come on this show. I'm going to lose my freaking mind. It may need to be – if I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to – this is a spoiler for next season. Lions win the NFC North. That is a immediate emergency podcast. You're coming over, and we're talking about it, like, that night. They beat the Packers, like, week 16 because they got such a far lead. They don't even need week 17. <laughs> and they clinch it. It's an emergency day. Okay. It's an emergency day because that needs to happen. Okay. Don't roll your eyes at me. They're, they're, that's how good it's going to be. Okay. Anyway. I'll believe you. <laughs> All right, so we got Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Um, let's shift focus a little bit to the rest of the teams that are not playing. And someone who's not going to be playing for the foreseeable future, we assume, is Mr. Thomas Eldrick Brady. I don't think that's his middle name, but I'm going to no, go with it. it's Thomas. Uh, 
was Thomas Lucifer Edward Patrick Brady Jr. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot he's got two middle names. Of course, yeah. it is. Anyway, Skip Bayless says it every single time he says Tom Brady, so like it's like engraved. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Um, Tom Brady, a year to the day, right? Retired last year on February 1st. This year, February 1st, again, comes out and blah, blah, blah. Did you see the, the, the patch of salt that he sat on? Yeah, it was being sold, sold for, for on like eBay. $100,000. I know. It's ridiculous. Went, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, here you can see his butt print <laughs> in the jar. <laughs> um, Brady's done. I was a little surprised this time around. I thought he was going to go one more year. He was going to try to go to another team that was ready to win, right? Whether that was Miami, San Francisco, whoever, right? Um, a team where he felt like he had a lot of weapons that he could, you know, boss the head coach around and go win a ring, right? Um, but it looks like he's done. And I now that he said he's done, I just don't see him coming back again Not and going either. through this whole process of trying to figure it out. He played until he's 45. That's what he tried to do. Did not have a great season, both statistically and record-wise, right? It was kind of like they limped into the playoffs and then got demolished. Um, I just think... Honestly, looking back on it, he should have just retired the year they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and just walked away. Even though next the year after that they went to the divisional round and had a good had a good year, right? It just feels like to me you could have just stamped it and been like, won another ring, screw you, Bill Belichick. I told you, mic drop, walk it out, big dick swinging. Now it's like kind of feels a little bit like you're limping out a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, which sucks. I mean, he's still the greatest, but it's weird, I guess. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I've no thought. I mean, no. he's he's uh, it's, it's about time that he leaves. It's weird to think that Peyton, Roethlisberger, Brady, and like Drew Brees are like done. Mm-hmm. Like those like staple guys that you're just like, oh yeah. So who's a, who's who's the quarterback of the Pittsburgh? Oh Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's been there like forever, right? Yeah. It's just. Yeah, it's just a gone. thing, right? It's just like that new wave is here, like mm-hmm. officially. Because Brady was like, I'm holding it for the old guard. And he kept winning, too. That's the sad part. Yeah. Now it's like, all right, you know, it's like it's done. Like yep. that chapter's over. It's wild. Like when Bill Belichick retires and there's a new head coach in New England, that's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that there's weird. just certain things where you're just like, when Mike, if like Mike Tomlin left Pittsburgh tomorrow, I'd be like, what the? Who the hell is going to coach Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. It's only been three coaches ever, so right. I don't know. <laughs> Shit, right? You're just like, oh, so you don't, oh, okay, cool. This is weird, you know? <laughs> so Pittsburgh's like, I don't actually know how to do a coaching search. Right. Like uh, Baltimore, like John Harbaugh is like, I'm gone. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. You have to call Cleveland and be like, hey, how do you, okay, so we're not going to do it like that? Okay. <laughs> how do you? Yeah. Houston, how do we, oh, wait, never mind. Yeah, but maybe they'll get it right this time. Um, yeah, it's just weird to me. So, you know, good luck to him. Greatest of all time. You yep. know, appreciate these kinds of things. Yep. You know, while you have baby, let's go. Still one of the best, craziest games ever. I just watched a highlight reel of that today, this morning. It too. showed up on my Twitter feed. I was like. Yeah, because it happened a year ago today or something. Crazy. Just wild. Um. Speaking of head coaches, though, right? See that transition? Man, I'm the best. We've got... We were just talking about Brady. He's not a head coach. Yeah, and then we talked about how, like, Belichick, if he retired, it'd be weird. If Mike oh, Tomlin retired. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, stick with me, Mike. Come on, buddy. Um, it Kind of like, it, it's funny. It was kind of like an explosion, almost, of, like, all of a sudden, it was like, oh, a couple dominoes just fell. I was literally, like, looking up, like, some of these teams going on, like, their websites and seeing, like, what's the news? Like, I'm like, man, there hasn't been a... Like, Frank Reich got hired. We'll talk about that in a second. But, like, and it was, like, nothing. I was like, mm. I felt like once the one hit, it was just kind of going to be like a do 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 right? 
That did not happen. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, by the way, boom, Sean Payton to the Broncos. Boom, D'Amico Ryans immediately, right? And now you're just like, okay, Arizona's like, we don't know how to do things. And then the Colts are like, we're going to interview everybody 14 times. Um, so, like, <laughs> I, I, it's just kind of one of those situations where I go, I don't know what else is going on. But um, thoughts, like, quickly, right? Frank Reich to the Panthers. And this has some Lions impact as well because Deuce Staley – is now leaving Detroit to go to Carolina to be with Frank Reich. They were together in Philadelphia. Backstory on that, it looks like Deuce Staley's mom's not doing so great health-wise, so that's why the Lions let him go to be closer to home. Um, and there's also potential that he could be the technically the offensive coordinator in Carolina. So I, I, don't, I think he kind of realized, too, I don't think he's going to get med head coaching opportunities, being the assistant head coach and running back coach. I don't think that happens. Right? I think he needs to at least have the title of coordinator because yeah. other teams won't look at him otherwise. Because Deuce is a good coach. We've yes. seen that. It's just, you know, what it is. Um, thoughts on Frank Reich to Carolina? I, I mean, I was kind of surprised they moved as quickly as they did. Mm-hmm. I figured it would kind of be one of those situations where, like, they were going to really wait for, you know, the offense coordinator for the Eagles to be done, for whoever, mm-hmm. right? Frank Reich to Carolina. You like the fit? Assuming uh, they can find a quarterback? Uh, yeah, I think it works out. Um I think he's going to be there, Jim Caldwell. Like yeah. a, a stabilizing presence, mm-hmm. right? Let's get it to an NFL level, right? Let's get consistent first. And then I don't think he I don't think he wins a ton there, but I think no. he gets him to a point where they're like they're level headed. Yeah. I don't understand, honestly though, how Steve Wilkes didn't get that job. I don't either. Like That's, I felt like that was a shoe in at that yeah, point. Like, dude, he, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing really good. Team yeah. like bought into it and um that division is just so bad now. Yeah. So it's like, I don't see why to not test a year with I, him. I just didn't understand how he did. Like, okay, the year in Arizona was a disaster, right? But you started Josh Rosen. And, like, that's a bad evaluation on everybody's part at that point. And then, like, I just, you know, I just felt like he's kind of gotten a raw deal the last couple of years. Like, he did a great job in Carolina picking up the pieces and mm-hmm. nothing. Like, yeah. nothing. That's kind of weird. And he's not going to be a head coach either. Like, they're not going to – the Colts aren't hiring him. Arizona ain't going to hire him. He's going to be a D.C. somewhere, which is good, but, like, yeah. you really feel like he should have gotten a shot. Um, D'Amico Ryans to Houston. I think this one – Yeah. I think I was the most um, excited for. Is well, like, what's I crazy guess. is Denver was trying to hire him up until the very last minute, which is crazy that they're like, no, no, you sure you don't want to come to Denver? And he's like, no, I want to go to Houston. Now, backstory, played for Houston, right? The yes. all-time leading tackler. He was a phenomenal linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, wish the Lions would have drafted him instead of Ernie yeah. Sims, but that's another story. Um, Two, I, yeah. I also think Houston, even though slightly dumpster fire, yeah. is kind of the Lions – like when going into the Campbell yeah. era right. is, yeah, it might not be great mm-hmm. and they have a lot of missing pieces around, yeah. but the big but is there is they have like first round picks galore yeah, you got, for the next like yeah, three years. You've got draft capital, you're going to have cap space. And your team's relatively young. And I think more importantly than anything, I think Tamika Ryans is going to bring a culture like Dan Campbell brought here. Yeah. Like a defensive heavy, like just like, hey, I'm a guy, I'm a player's coach. Yeah. I'm here. Like, let's go. He's a younger guy, right? He's been in the league. Yeah. I think that's going to be start being a trend. By the way, mm-hmm. is some of these coaches that are like former players working their way up through the ranks. I think if it works here, especially, I think a lot of people jump on that bandwagon and go, 
the former player. He's now written to the point where he's a DC or a assistant head coach. Maybe we should give him a shot because it seems like teams players are really re- responding to yeah, that because they're former players. Yeah, so they've just been a guy through who, it. Yeah, um, but yeah, I do think that it's still probably a, like a two to three year turnaround to oh, be yeah. like oh, competitive yeah. by any mm-hmm. means. We need to figure out quarterback situation. But yeah. also, Tennessee is probably going to start their downswing oh, yeah. soon ish. Yes. And they don't uh, have a GM right now. Yeah, and the Colts. Um, no. Who knows? They're kind of good, yeah. kind of not. Right. Um, so and so, the, the team you're going to be competing with is Jacksonville. Right. But with this upcoming draft, right, you're picking yep. number two. You could pick your quarterback. You could pick your Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, if you want to. Mm-hmm. And with him, Damian Pierce, I think your offense isn't terrible, and your defense looks well, like and you've got capital to make moves. Yeah, right? you can make some moves yeah. uh, with your draft with your draft capital. Uh, you have a lot of money in free agency, and the team looked competent. Yeah, the last they competed five weeks. Yeah, like Dallas, they played well. Mm-hmm. Chiefs took them to overtime. Yep. Um, so like they're playing well. Yep. They just couldn't. They're literally they couldn't finish the yeah. Lions yeah. of last year, the three thirteen in one year. Right, where ended right, strong. Yeah, ended strong. All these games were close, but just couldn't right. get over the hump. Which is kind of why I was surprised that Lovey Smith kind of got the can immediately as well, mm-hmm. just based on the fact that like you did start to see them kind of come together a little bit. Now I didn't think Lovey Smith was a good hire to begin with, but yeah. At but the same and time, then I think. Giving D'Amico Ryan's a six-year contract. Yes, I think he's. I think it's if you a give clear, him transparent move that you got time. Yeah, like if you give him like, hey, guaranteed at least three years. Right. Hypothetically, right? Because right. yeah, Campbell was probably the same way, where it's like you got like three years, right. and if it's like really bad after three, maybe we'll talk about it. Right. But you got like a guarantee, probably three years. Right. If you have three years to fix it, you don't have to expedite anything. No. You could take your time, develop guys, draft. You don't even have to draft your quarterback this year if you know you have time because Davis Mills is playing Davis Mills-ish. And I think, too, Nick Casario needs to get this right because this is his third head coach hire in three years. years. That's not good. You know what I mean? Because if you you start having this habit where, like, it's just not working Mm because you had one bad year, like, I thought David Culley did – an okay job, all things considered. Like you didn't even give him. Like you, you have to give guys time. Mm-hmm. It's not a one year turnaround. It's Zach Taylor was on the verge of getting fired, and then Joe Burrow saved that man's job. Mm-hmm. Literally saved that man's job. So you can't just immediately, you know, pull that trigger when you don't even have the roster in place yet, fully to like facilitate these changes. So it is what it is. And then the, I guess the the splashiest move clearly it was the splashiest. Sean Payton going to Denver. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Now, there's some contingencies, right? So the Saints are getting Denver's 2023 first-round pick, which I think is technically Miami's that they got from the Bradley Trubb trade, which I think was originally belonged to San Francisco. This pick's been traded a lot. Um, and a third-rounder? Second. 2024 second. 2024 second for Sean Payton and a third-rounder third. yes. in 2024. Yes. So Sean Payton, new head coach. He's getting paid, I've seen reports, like 15 to $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Um. I mean, good for Sean Payton, number one, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you're Denver, right, you were looking for the big fish, okay? Yep. So you got the big fish. You know, we heard rumors that they were still trying to talk to Harbaugh, even after Harbaugh said, I'm not coming. Yep. Um, try to get D'Amico Ryans, which is crazy to me. I, I wonder if that's more of like we just don't want to give up the compensation to get Sean Payton as much as it is like we still want. Because that's weird. I don't know why Sean Payton would sign on like, oh, I'm your second choice. That's weird and i'm gonna command a lot of money because everybody wants me it's just a weird kind of circumstance but anyway he's there biggest question 
Can he fix Russell Wilson? That is that is the question. Spitting everywhere. All if over you can if you can fix Russell Wilson and he's good, yeah, you're fine. You're back. You're, in you're, you're, you're back you're, in it. You are a ten plus win team probably. Right. Uh, with with playoff aspirations and probably not much farther than playoff aspirations, but you're at least playoff aspirations. Yeah, you're really hoping he can revitalize Russ's career like he did Drew Brees, mm-hmm. right? Like that's really what you're hoping for is where you're in the thick of it. And what's weird about Sean Payton going there, in it, it's kind of a death wish from him. I honestly think because like, here's the thing: if you didn't want to rebuild in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. I get it, but that division's garbage. Mm-hmm. Carolina sucks. Tampa's gonna suck. They already kind of do. And Atlanta, you don't know what the hell's going on over Atlanta right now, right? You got a pretty yeah. easy slate there. Find your quarterback. Trade up. Do what you got to do. Get your guy. Yeah, no. like They, they may get Derek Carr in the offseason, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the Saints are the clear favorites again in the NFC South. And it's not close. Yeah, Saints, Carolina could be the exact same way. If they yeah. got Derek Carr, right. they would probably be yeah. the favorites. Right. And it would be the Saints would be like a close right. two with their right. roster. But Carolina would probably be yeah. the favorites. I just, I, I'm kind of confused as to why he chose Denver. I feel like he kind of had his pick of the litter on whoever he wanted to go to. Yeah. And, or he could have just held out another year, maybe wait for the Cowboys if that's what he wanted the to Chargers do. Or something. The Chargers. It's just a weird type. De- Unless they were just like, listen, what do you want? Mm-hmm. And they just kind of get, you know, it's Gave new ownership in Denver, right? I just, you don't have a ton of picks right now. I, it's weird. It's really weird to me. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think it's one of those situations where the Denver's still trying to think that they have a window. And I guess technically it is because you made all that investment in Russ. Just doesn't seem like that windows actually exist though. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's one of those like fake windows. Yeah. I think, I think the Packers, Pending if they get rid of Rodgers in this offseason or not. I think they kind of thought this last year and maybe in the next couple of years they might have a window. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the no, window. Right. I don't and think I think either. I think it's just not knowing if you're if you have the window or not is mm-hmm. the problem with some of these franchises. Yep. I think Denver is hitting that wall right now where yep. they're like, We we maybe could do it with Russell Wilson. I I, I think right. I think the one thing is Seattle found out they don't have their window anymore. Right. And Russell Wilson was not playing well, so they traded him. Yeah. Denver is now realizing, like, we might have our window of Russell Wilson. This could be the big. Enough. This could be a situation. This this current right now where Denver's playing with a lot of fire. Mm-hmm. It honestly could get to a point where Denver is like that team where they're going two and fourteen, two and fifteen. Yeah. If this doesn't work. Yeah. Because you don't have the draft capital. You're not good. Everyone's going to get old really quick. Exactly. And you're paying a coach $20 million, so you don't really want to fire him because mm-hmm. you're paying him $20 million if regardless. It's like a, if it's a six-year, $20 million contract, you no, can't no, just... No, that's $20 million per year. No, that's not yeah. me, but like, yeah. if you're paying... like, So it's a $120 million contract for six years. <laughs> yeah. You can't just fire him after two years because you owe him all that money. Right. So it's like... they're okay. all guaranteed contracts. Exactly. So. That's why Patriots are probably going to fire Matt Patricia because the Lions aren't paying him anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Interesting to say the least. I'm 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 intrigued for sure to see Sean Payton come back, see that offense, right? Maybe you know this is what fixes Russ, and he comes back to looking like vintage Russ. But I don't know if it's going to make him any less of a douche, though. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Gotta fix that. Last two jobs though, Arizona and, and Indy, right? Those haven't been filled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron Glenn is uh, reportedly interviewed for both. Um, yep. Had a strong second interview with Car- with uh, with the Colts. Any concern that Aaron Glenn gets either one of these jobs? I mean, I, the Colts have like eight finalists, so I don't really know if that's even like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've heard Arizona that there's a couple guys, but Aaron Glenn's not one of the finalists, but I don't know, like, for certain. You're just yeah. kind of going on rumors at this point. Any concern that AG's gone? I mean, there's always slight concern. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be gone. I don't think so either. I'm just nervous that it's taking it. Like, the Colts taking this long, I feel like it's, like, one of those things where it's like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm i going to say he doesn't if I yeah. be firm with it, yeah. but I... Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, until they get filled, yeah. I don't even know who finalists are for either of these because I don't care. Yeah, because I, I, here's the thing: is Arizona, no matter who goes there, won't be good next year because Kyler Murray is going to miss at right. least at more half than half the year, the year yeah. if anything. Right. And if you don't have Kyler Murray for the first ten games, you go two and eight. There's no point bringing him back if they're two and eight. You know what I mean? So I lost. I lost. They can stay afloat. Um, right. but with the Niners and how Seahawks are playing, if the Rams are back, I don't even know if you. Just take maybe, it down. Yeah, here. maybe just tank for just, on purpose. Yeah, have a tank yeah. year and get a top five pick next year or whatever. Right. Um, and then the Colts, there's kind of they're kind of in a in a middle place. So I don't know. They can so. find a quarterback. I think they'll be okay. They'll be fine. But, but until then, who knows? Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't weird. know. I, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I'm worried that like because Arizona and him haven't been talking much, and everyone's like, "Oh, he had a really good, strong interview with the Colts." That mm-hmm. Arizona's be like, "Okay, we're naming Aaron Glenn our head coach." I'm be like, "Shit." Yeah. I'm and for me, it's more like because they don't have that in-house guy for the Lions right now, right? Like the Lions are clearly setting up Tanner Eggstrand. To, is he's no longer their tight ends coach? He's strictly now their pass game coordinator, right? So he's going to be on Ben Johnson's hip basically this whole upcoming season, right? So because of that, it's very clear to me that it looks like they are trying to prepare him in the event that Ben Johnson leaves next year for a head coaching opportunity, assuming we're still a top 10 offense. Mm-hmm. I think if the Lions are a top 10 offense next year, Ben Johnson is basically gone immediately. Like, I don't think there's any Yeah, I think he's back. number one on a lot of boards. Now, right. if he wants to leave or whatnot, correct, that's correct. But right. Because I think if they're all, if they consistently... If the Chargers start- fire Brandon Staley, he's like, oh, I'm going to L.A. And I think they take him in a heartbeat, and he... Turns Justin Herbert yeah. into a dog. Speaking of the Chargers, yeah, Kellen Moore, yeah, OC, right? Kind of makes me tickle a little bit. I'm surprised it. they fired him. I think at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy's like, "You're not really part of my staff." And it was, I think McCarthy I think, had think, some headbutting. I, I think, I think he, yeah, headbutting, and I think he was kind of like a scapegoat for how yes. bad. Like it was like because Dak could not play well at the like, end of the year. You are the reason why we're not good, so we're yeah. going to fire you. And right. it's like, are, is he yeah. the reason? So now he's going to call play. They're going to bring Brian Schottenheimer in as a Seattle fan. You know as well as yes. I do, that's a shit offense. It's a shitty shit. <laughs> it's almost as bad as uh, the Chargers, who they charged up. Four, the, oh Joe Lombardi, Joe Lombardi. Oh, it's almost God. as bad. Terrible. It's it's pretty rough. Yeah, but yeah, Kellen Moore with Herbert and Keenan Allen. He's and probably Williams. like sweet, and I don't got to deal with Dax suck ass anymore. This is fantastic. Yeah. I get a guy who can throw the ball literally anywhere I want him to. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so also Dre Bly coming back. Um, not to spend too much time on this, but he's coming back to Detroit as their new defensive backs coach, mm-hmm. filling in the Aubrey Pleasant role. Yes. Right. Um. That's pretty cool, right? Another former player, right? Former, he was the defensive backs coach in North Carolina the last three seasons. Yeah. Um, now I will, I will throw this note out. Yeah, North Carolina had the absolute worst pass defense. No, so they did say that. However, they also said that Dre Bly was actually getting like commended for how good he could, like what he was doing with his position group. Mm. And he was saying like he's like apparently like it was it basically it was implied it was kind of beyond his control, like uh, how bad they were, right? So, yeah. two, I think, former player, clearly vetted, right, with AG there. And that's the other thing, too, is that Dre Bly made in a comment on Twitter. He was like, I'm excited to work with AG and the guys. I'm like, 
So does that mean he's coming back? Like that? Like it's kind yeah, of like already like the I, written on the wall. Like, hey, I'm interviewing, but I don't think I'm going to get these jobs. So come on here, come join the staff, and mm-hmm. you know, fill in. I don't know. Maybe. I'm interested there. Um, I mean, you know, former Pro Bowler, right? I mean, Drake Bly is a was a hell of a football player. Um, what else do we got to? Oh, real quick, too, I do want to ask you this before we get to uh, the NBA trade deadline. Thoughts on Calvin Johnson, the Lions mending the relationship a little bit? Did you mm. See that? Did you see that? Yeah. You think he can be assistant? Wide receivers coach to Antoine Randall. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'm thinking Barry. They just hire Barry to be the running backs coach. Hire Barry Sanders. Yeah. Just come in. Not? Just Yeah, why not? What, you sure you know what you're doing? I'm Barry Sanders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you not teach our guys to run backwards 10 yards before you run forwards? No, 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 no. See, that's the key is that you lure them into a full sense of security and then, bam, 85 yards. And then Calvin's going <laughs> to Cal, Coach Calvin Johnson's going to teach you how to get stopped at the one. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Swift is going to be like, I watch a lot of your tape. That's why I run uh, yeah. east to west and not north to south. And then he goes, yeah, but I'm Barry Sanders. You're DeAndre Swift. We're not the same. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right. Oh, my God. We're an hour in. We got to get moving. Um, and hey, we have no timetable on this. Oh, my so. God. Yeah. NBA trade deadline. Um, it's coming, right? Thursday, Thursday is Thursday the day. What yeah. time? So so Four? the deadline is 3 p.m. Thank Eastern. You. Okay, so you cannot make another. You can't submit a trade pass then. Okay. Can't submit a trade. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's also, like, no tampering. So, it's, like, one of those. Like, it's weird because, like, the NFL free agency is, like, all right, starts yeah. at 12 right. or, or 3 right. or whatever. The well, there's is. a legal tampering period where things can, quote, unquote, be talked about but not agreed upon. And then the, the day after is when they can finally sign. It's yeah. stupid. It's, like, a weird thing. The NBA, like, legitimately, we could be doing this and someone could get traded right now. Right now. And, like, because it's up until 3 p.m. Right. Eastern time. Exactly. Most of it doesn't happen until, like, the Wednesday or Thursday because. Yeah. Well, everyone not. finally again goes, all right, we going to make this deal happen or not yeah. type deal. Yeah. So, but yes, Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern is when you will have the finalized rosters. For right. Going into the playoff stretch. Yes. Um, you know, some of the big news coming out of this, right? Kyrie Irving says he wants to stay with yeah. Brooklyn. Then Brooklyn's like, well, we don't really know yet. And he's like, okay, fine. I want to be traded immediately. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. And so now he's benched. Mm-hmm. He wants a max contract, though, coming out of this, right? We've we've seen the reports that he wants a four-year $200 million or whatever the hell it is, right? Max extension with wherever team he goes. Now, on the one hand, if you're a team like the LA Lakers, right, you go, okay, LeBron, Kyrie, that's a pretty nice little AD combination, years, right? You've yeah. won, you've won champion. You've seen this recipe work, mm-hmm. right? Yes. However, I don't think you have the money if you're LA. Now, if you offload Westbrook I think, and some picks. Yeah, so right? I think the only way that would work is if you do Westbrook and like the two first round picks. Right. It's, they're like, it's like how the trade, on to, it's right? how the trade yeah. gets done. Um, We've heard rumors that Dallas is interested in just adding a legit dude to pair with Luka, which mm-hmm. I, you know what? I can at least appreciate the fact that Dallas is up front with that and going, listen, we understand that it can't just be him. Mm-hmm. We are fully under of the full understanding that we have to get him help. Yes. Too many times do we see where like a team's like, well, we're just going to like, if Cleveland would have just went and invested the money and got LeBron, somebody else that first time, I don't think he leaves. Probably not. Like, if they would have said, like, if Bradley Beal was a guy at the time, right? Like, hey, we're going to we're gonna bring Bradley Beal in here to help you with the scoring. I think he would have been like, okay, cool. Like, we're you're actively trying to help me rather than just me having to carry the team. I don't think he leaves Cleveland and goes to Miami. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so that's good, right? Um, from a local perspective, right, there's, you know, I, I, Bog, you know, Bogdanovich, I don't think it's left. Uh, I just saw a report by James Edwards that most teams think that Shadiq Bay is more likely a guy that can be had from Detroit than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I don't really have a specific target, Mike. Do you, do you see a? Do you see Kyrie getting moved? If mm-hmm. if so, where? Right. Um, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to give me compensation because that's literally impossible to predict. But mm-hmm. um, and do you think um, you know? Is there any other move that you're really looking out for on a, on a specific guy or a team to maybe make a move to kind of make that playoff push? And then lastly, because I'm giving you an essay to read here, um, do you think the Pistons make any moves um, at all? Right, or do you think they just stand fat and they go, "Listen, we're terrible. We're just gonna, you know, redo yeah. <laughs> next yeah. year." All right, part one. Part one. Kyrie. Yep. Will get traded. Okay. And he gets traded to probably the Lakers. Okay. If I had Maybe to guess, the now the four teams are in contention. Yep. Are the Lakers, Mavs, Knicks? Or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. Lakers, Mavs, Suns. Yep. Clippers. Okay. Are the yeah, four I, teams? I did, I did hear Clippers are also in. Are the four teams that the Heat could go to? How the hell um, are the Clippers going to afford him either? That's just, so. That's the thing is, I don't know how the Clippers could afford him because they're already paying the two yeah, max Kawhi contracts. And, Paul. Um, and they're paying a lot of money to like Reggie else, Jackson Gary, too, Reggie Jackson yeah. and stuff. So that would probably have to be like a Reggie Jackson. Every year though, we talk about salary caps for every league, and we go and they make it work, and you just go, how the fuck? Yeah, like, how does this work? Uh, the the problem I have with the Clippers mm-hmm. is I I like. The, the guard defense that they have with like Norman Powell yeah. and some of those guys. Yeah. Um, I think if you had to get rid, it's kind of the same effect that well, they do Brooklyn, have Ty Lue there, right? So yeah. They have Ty Lue yeah, there. Yeah. But I think it's the same effect that Brooklyn had was yeah. you have this huge core of like really good pieces yeah. and you got rid of a lot of them for KD. And now you kind of saw what the team was left over. Right, right. I don't want the Clippers to give away a lot of their nice Young, right? Defensive rotational pieces, rotational pieces yeah. to get Kyrie, right? Because I don't think that would be enough to get it to done. guarantee that you win a championship with, right? Right. So, uh, I don't think the Clippers will do it, but they are in the potential. Phoenix could be a team to do it. I I'm not sold that Phoenix would do it. Well, I also don't I mean, know. We, we've heard rumors that Chris Paul may be available as well, yeah. potentially. If right? you if you did a and here's the thing is I like Chris Paul more than Kyrie, so I'd rather have Chris Paul on the team. Yeah. Like, if if, Chris, if Devin Booker gets healthy, right. I think Chris Paul and Devin Booker work really well together, so mm-hmm. I think I wouldn't want to do that if I was the Suns. Yeah. Dallas, I don't want them to get Kyrie. I think Dallas is a little bit desperate. Low-key. I think they're a little desperate, which is scary, because yeah. I think they might give too much up. They might give too many rotational pieces to oh, try to get Kyrie. Pause on that for just a second, because I do think that's interesting, right, is if you're a GM... What are you willing to give up? Because I don't know, and we'll get. In, I'll let you get to the Lakers in a second. I don't know if Russell Westbrook and two first round picks is enough. If I'm Brooklyn, yeah. But at the same time, you know he's not going to stay. So like, how do you yes. balance yeah, that yeah, if yeah. you're the Nets GM? Yeah. So Dallas, Dallas yeah. has a lot of assets to assets give up. Right? That, Christian like, Wood is potentially Christian a Wood, but even if you went down to like Tim Hardaway's and Dorian Spencer Finney Dinwiddie, Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Bertans, yep. they have mm-hmm. a lot of like rotational piece guys because yep. basically so you can package team. to send. Yeah, you right. could package three and a first round or two. I think and Brooklyn def- would be thrilled and because they, would- they think it flashes out their roster way more. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think KD with a really – like KD, if he got Christian Wood and if he got Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. I think – and with Joe Harris and all and Seth Curry that they have already, yeah. might actually be a, better a slightly team. better team than just having Kyrie with whatever else they have out of that and team. The baggage and everything else, yeah. So – um, I Trick think Dallas, Durant's thrilled. Yeah. I, <laughs> so I think Dallas is a potential suitor. Yeah. 
I wouldn't personally want it because I don't think I wouldn't want to make that smash move for Kyrie specifically. Yeah. But I don't think he doesn't bring the defense enough for me. I don't think Kyrie Irving is a big enough playmaker long, like in game for me to go. I'm willing to like, he's just not, I'm sorry. Boston thought he was yes. And Boston gave up a lot to get him. Now the one thing they didn't get shit for the one thing that Dallas is looking for is the guy. When Luca goes off the court, right. For four or five minutes to run the team. Kyrie can do that. Yeah. Right. I think Russell Westbrook could do that. Well, Russell for them. Westbrook could probably do it too. Yeah, right. So that's why I'm like, he's running the the second rotation for the Lakers, Lakers right now. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of guys I think you could probably find that maybe are less expensive. Yeah. To do that kind of role with, and that's important because he does want a max contract, right? And if you're trading all these assets, like if you're Dallas, you have, have the thought is you have to resign him, right? You can't yes. give everything. Yeah, up no, to you can't give him up and then let him walk at the end right. of the year. So you yeah. have to sign him to a three year, four year max right. contract, right? And I don't know if you want to invest all that into Kyrie. Correct. So then it comes to the Lakers. Yeah. I think the reason why I think the Lakers is the most likely is because the Lakers have, even though, and we just talked about how in the NFL teams have like a fake window. Mm-hmm. I think the Lakers think they have a window. Yep. I don't know if they actually have a window. LeBron is playing out of his but mind, But LeBron is by the playing way. awesome. <sighs> Literally, he's going to break the record by like today. No, yeah, he's 36 points away. Yes, I'm saying he could break so it So he today. could break it Tuesday is yeah. his next game against oh, okay. OKC. Yeah. And then Thursday he plays Milwaukee. One of those two games, if he plays both of them, he's breaking it one he's of those break, two games. He's breaking it, yeah. So, Congratulations to LeBron, by the way. Yeah, Fantastic. and we'll talk about it next week yeah. once he actually does it. Yeah. But the reason why I think the Lakers is the most likely one is because— They're the most desperate. <laughs> one, they're probably the most desperate. And two, <laughs> if you said, okay, they have a two-year win this year right. and next year— and it's probably over. Because right. LeBron, there's no way, I, as a LeBron fan, I'll say there's probably no way that he's anywhere near how he is in two or three years from now. <sighs> I can't it's hard imagine. to imagine it. Yeah. And 80's injured every three games. And Hey, he's a nice person. He's Maybe. Nice I person. Maybe. I don't know. I think if you had a lineup of Kyrie with Dennis Schroeder, LeBron, AD, and Rory Hachimura in the West right now, Pretty hard to stop. It would be hard to stop offensively. Now, defensively, they're not the best. He's a really good, big defender. uh, But Kyrie and LeBron aren't great defenders. So, you you need a little bit more defense there. But you don't need... can't play defense. Yeah. But you don't also, once the playoffs hit, you only need, like, eight guys. Yeah. So, if you can can find, you know, if if that uh, Thomas Bryant, the center, Mm -hmm. gets minutes and Patrick Beverly comes off the bench and plays 10, 12 minutes. Right. And stuff like that. I think you could make it work for a one to two year window. Yeah. Maybe try to push it in. The other three teams I don't think are in like absolute must win now territory. Right. So like the Clippers, if they don't make this deal, I think they're fine because I think they have a long. Right. Not maybe not the windows completely open, but they have a window. Mm-hmm. Luca, as long as Luca plays, they have a window relatively. And the Suns, as long as everyone's healthy, also right. do. The Lakers have a. Two, maybe two-year window at best. So I think they have to try to make this move. It is. I'm, it'd be wild if he goes there, right? Yeah. With all the bad blood between him and LeBron over the years, not yeah. seemingly under the bridge. You know, I yeah. think it's one of those things. I don't know if it works because I don't know if long-term, it, it, if Kyrie would be willing to be like, so you're I, maybe it does because he's already kind of taken a backseat to Durant now. Yeah. So like he doesn't feel I just like he needs to be like, the guy. I just wonder that, 
if his demeanor changed since he left Cleveland. Right. Like, he was at Cleveland. He thought he could be the number one guy. Right. Then went to Boston, was like, I can't be here. Right. Went to Brooklyn. KD took over, and that was the only time they had any kind of success right. when KD was the guy. And Kyrie right. was the, And then maybe, I just wonder if now Kyrie's like, maybe if I just get on a stack team with AD and LeBron. Yeah, I can just play. I could just be the, my, yeah. like, myself. Yeah, like, right. I can, I can, co- I can yeah. run the second unit, yep. or I can... You know, I mean, he starts, but like, you know, he will definitely start. Yeah. But here's the thing: is at any point in time, you yeah. will have Kyrie or LeBron on the court. Yeah. LeBron or AD on the court, or Kyrie and AD on the court. Right. It's tough to beat that. Yeah. I know. Absolutely. For sure. And especially I, in the West, because I don't think there's a clear front runner. Clear, yeah. Like Steph like just got hurt. Denver's the number one seed, and I said, uh, "Here's the thing: if the Lakers were the eight seed and they played Denver in the first round, may see it." We might see that eight over one. You might meet the eight over one. That'd be crazy. Because I think they match up well against Denver. As they give Jokic another MVP. (laughs) You're down 3-0. You think you guys can go back? No. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my MVP? Um, All right. But, yeah, Yeah. so I think think Kyrie to the Lakers. Okay, so second question. Sorry, I went along. No, you're good. Second question was... uh, Are you looking at anywhere else? Anywhere else specifically. I think the Lakers... Or, not Lakers. I think... Uh, Dallas makes a move. Yes, I do um, too. whether it's for one of the, but I think uh, Cam Reddish, yeah, Bogdan Bogdanovich, not yeah. the one from the Pistons. I think the one from the Hawks. Um, there's like a couple of guys out there that apparently they're looking at yeah. shooting wise or just as a second guy. Um, I think Dallas makes a relative. I think they make the first splash move. Right. Either the first one or the one right after Kyrie. Like, it's like one of those yeah. where it's like the secondary move to Kyrie getting right. moved. So, like, when we talk about it next week, we're like, so Kyrie's on uh, the Lakers, right. Right. but Dallas also got this. Like, right. they're the second move yeah. um, that we talk about. But I do think Dallas makes a move. If any other team were to make a move, um, I would say probably... I feel like there's a lot of middling teams that don't want to make a move because they don't yeah. know what they have. Like, so at the top of the East right now, you have Milwaukee doesn't make a move. Uh, Philly doesn't make a move. Boston. I don't think so. Doesn't I don't, make I, a I really move. Don't they're think the best so. team. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Cleveland probably doesn't make a move. No, their move was Donovan Mitchell. Yes. <laughs> and obviously Brooklyn's going to move Kyrie. So right. those are the five best teams on that side. Yeah. The Western side, you got uh, Denver. Memphis, Phoenix, yeah, like Utah, <laughs> Dallas, yeah. like they're, I'm naming teams. Like I don't think any of these teams yeah. are out there trying to make a huge splash move for someone, right? So I I don't think so. Okay, outside of that, and third, if the Pistons make a move, it's definitely Shadik Bay's gone. Yeah, where do you where do you think like Shadik Bay would be a a great uh, guy on honestly like on a Boston? Yeah. Right, come like off the bench. a good forward off yeah. the bench kind of deal. Do you th- uh, what, do you, what do you think they can get for him? Do you think they can get a one for him? Probably not. It's weird. I would assume probably like a couple role players. An expiring contract. expiring contracts and maybe, yeah. a, maybe a second. Second round second pick in the NBA. You might as well throw him in the garbage. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't see him getting a first. I don't yeah. think he plays well enough to get a first. I hope we get like a second round pick from like 2037. Just because I think it's hilarious when they do that. Like, yeah. you get a first-round pick in 2028. Yeah. But if this, this, this doesn't happen, you don't get it. Oh, okay, cool. What? Yeah. It's so weird to me. Yeah, so I think Shadik Bay gets yeah. moved. I think I think he could package him and, like, Norris Noel yeah. probably and get sure. something. But I, I – I, well, here's the thing. I don't think Ivy – obviously Cunningham not. No. Killian doesn't. No. 
Duran doesn't, and Bogdanovich doesn't. Yeah. So Bogdanovich, as much as he's been talked about, right? You know, we heard the rumors that he's basically talked to man and was like, listen, we're going to go spend some money in the offseason, get better. We're actually trying to win. It's just we kind of hit a speed bump with Cade being out, right? Yeah. And so if he believes in the leadership of the team and he wants to stay, right? He's already signed, I think, through the next two years. Yeah, he um, so, you know, I, I think as long as he believes that there is a commitment to actually trying to win mm-hmm. in the near future, I think he will want to stay and he wants to be here. Yes. Um, if I think if they went to him, look, it's we're not going to be ready in the next two years. I think he'd be like, all right, then I think you need to move me to go mm-hmm. somewhere else. Because I think the Lakers would benefit quite a bit from having a guy like him just yeah. from three-point shooting. No, alone. 100%. Like, yeah. if, if he... If he requested a trade or wanted a trade, yeah. I wouldn't be shot for the Lakers to be yeah. like, hey, 2027 I think it's interesting that the Lakers think that Kyrie is going to do just as much for them as Russ is doing right now. That's I think that's the conversation that Palink is having is because yeah. you can't just give them Russ because yeah. Russ and well, KD yeah, doesn't so, work anymore. So it would be Russ and like two first-rounders, right. probably their two 2027, 2029 first or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, I think Russell Westbrook offensively is kind of uh, – uh, kind of uh, pretty bad. Um, he has good defense, but like offensively, I think he can Listen, just be a lot. Russell Westbrook has two good things. He's got effort, and he's always available. Yes. Those are the two biggest qualities he has now. Yes. Is that if, and that's the thing where I think Here's he may those... fit well in Dallas because he could run their second offense, like mm-hmm. their second, yeah. and he's uh, he plays 40 minutes a night. You yeah. know what I mean? Like no, he, I, he could, I should no, say. I don't disagree yeah. with that at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, I think Russ for the Lakers hasn't been as terrible, at least this year. No, because it got him off the starting lineup like that. But I I just think Kyrie gives you more of the offensive boost. Yes, I agree. And they need something offensively because it can't just be LeBron putting up 40 points and still losing games. (sighs) Yeah, I know. I felt bad for him when they lose to just recently the Pelicans or something like that. Yeah, yesterday (laughs) he put up like a 27 Nine and eight. Somebody or actually, they were actually asking, like, he's only sixty points away. Like, do you think he could just do it tonight? And I'm like, honestly, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, he's, he's thirty six points playing OKC at home. Yeah. The 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 um, there was a there were some tickets that went for courtside, a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Isn't that crazy to watch it? Wild. And he goes on there, he puts twelve points up. Shit, that'd be really <laughs> funny. But no, I I definitely think, uh, yeah. I think he breaks it in OKC. Yeah. But I definitely, think, definitely in Milwaukee. Gonna, I definitely think they're just gonna go. Here you go. I do too. Like, like as much as I don't like Kobe's like last game because he shot like ninety times. Yeah. If I would not be shocked if LeBron gets forty shots this game. Yeah. Exactly. Try to break it. I hope it's a free throw. That's when he breaks it too. (sighs) A lot of people saying he's been uh, in practice. He's been practicing the hook, the sky hook, to break out the sky hook. That'd be sweet. Yeah. That'd be cool. Like I want that, or I want like the the vintage LeBron dunk where he just takes it way yeah. back behind his head. There's and a, I, I bet it. he's been thinking about it. And like, oh, how could you not? And like when someone is, I bet you like they're gonna call a timeout when he's like two two points away or has have it. Have a play designed, and they're gonna have a play designed specifically. Because, I want him to throw it off the backboard and dunk it, and I just want the other team. Everyone be like, can you just be cool for five seconds and just and let honestly, this happen? Here's the thing: I think if you're a team, I think you do. I think the, you just let it go. The funny like, thing about cool. OKC too is they're not like that great of a team. No, so like. If I was like OKC, I'd be like, "Can you bring Wade out of retirement for a game and let him alley oop it like they used yeah. to?" <laughs> if if uh, if you were OKC though, yeah. I'd say the same thing for the Pistons. Yeah, it'd be like like having the iconic moment of LeBron breaking oh, yeah. the record. I would be like, "Let him get 40. I wonder if the Lakers sit him. It, like, are they both home in both of these games? See, I think they're in Milwaukee. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be shocked if they sit him against Milwaukee. But the funny thing is, is 
Kareem played like broke yeah. it in Milwaukee. Yeah. So it could be one of those like okay. he breaks it in Milwaukee. That'd be neat the, too. the the crazy thing is he either breaks it at home against OKC, yeah, in Milwaukee yeah. or in Golden State. Yeah. Or right. one of the three games right. he's gonna break That's what it in. I wonder and if, all three of those yeah, are like stories. some story behind it. I just think it'd be kind of nice for him to break it like I kinda wish they were playing like the Knicks or something to break it at MSG. Yeah. That'd be the coolest. Because yes, it it's just be. like an icon. It'd be really fun if he broke it in Cleveland. That'd just be <laughs> funny. That's just like salt in the wound, salt in the wound, salt in the wound, you know? But I don't know. It is what it is. All right. Let's just focus here a little bit. Hey, NXT Vengeance Day and an AEW check-in. Um yeah. Uh, Which one do you want to do first? Let's do Vengeance Day first. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. Um, as you're bringing this up, though, I will say this. Crowd helps so much. A lot. Holy shit. Because these matches were not very good. No, I think the first match was really good. Awesome. Except for the finish, and we'll get to that. Yeah. And then everything else after that, we kind of got worse, and it was okay, and then worse, and it then okay. it was just okay. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. But the crowd helped. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad that the crowd was as into it as they were because if this was done in the performance center or whatever the hell they do to NXT It'd taping, be the most boring show. Holy shit. It would have been rough. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So we opened with the NXT North American Championship match. We yep. had Wesley uh defeating Dijak in yep. 17 minutes. This match best was, round of the card. Oh yeah. Not yep. even close. Straight um, banger. I wish every match was... I was yeah. like, if this is what we're going to get today... Yeah, I was And thrilled. then I watched the tag team match after. I went, all right. So it's like, that was like a one-off kind so, of thing. So, um, thought this match was really good. Hated the finish. Hated the finish. Mm-hmm. I thought you had... I thought you reached a nice crescendo. He hits the spinny whirly dervish that he does, right? Mm-hmm. And then Dijak, like, they... And then they did the weird interference that, like, they missed the... They missed the spot, kind of, which mm-hmm. was dumb. And then... It kind of felt abrupt, yes. like they ended it weird. Like, we don't know how to tie a bow on this thing, so just hit him with a back kick and pin him. Yeah. I was like, really? We don't even get, like, another spinny thing mm-hmm. off the top to, like, seal it to end it? Yeah. It just kind of felt like, okay, so he survived all that, but then just a kick on the top of that, and he's dead. Like, yeah. it's like, that was, if I had a complaint, 98% of the match, perfect. 2% at the very end, kind of was like, yeah. Nah. I, I do think for the people also who are in the... Um, NXT and kind of like Japan a little bit don't sell a lot. No. There was not a lot of selling no. in this match. I mean, Dijak had him in a uh, cross-face chicken, chicken wing thing yeah. for probably, felt like like four or five minutes. Yeah. And he got up right after and just started killing. I was like, yeah. okay, so like that, yeah. he was not past, like he didn't lose anything <laughs> at all. He was just fine right yeah. after that. Right. And they did the whole pass out, wake back up spot and everything. And then he like got out of it, started kicking him with stuff. And I was like, He's just fine. Yeah, right. So, like, there was, yeah. like, very little selling. It, it just felt like I a, would have preferred Dijak to get the win here as well, um, but it looks like they're going to spin him off against that Tony D'Angelo guy, so it's like, okay. Shoot. But it just kind of felt a little bit like a missed opportunity, but, you know, so on and so forth. Yep. Next up, we had the women's tag team title match So, here. full disclosure, I went to the bathroom during this match, so I didn't see this match. I literally came out of the bathroom and went, who won? <laughs> Yeah, so Katana Chance and Kaden Carter lost their titles to yep. Fallen Henley and Kiana James. I think the sad thing is, I think Katana Chance and Kaden Carter yeah. are like really good as a tag team. Yeah. And then they lost the title, and I went, no, that stinks. Well, they kept making such a big deal. They're the longest reigning women's tag. I go, first off, that's not that high of a bar. Number two, yeah. I was like, K- and two, I was like, I was so like, also they're losing tonight then? Yeah. Just because they kept reinforcing it. Well, the, and the funny thing was, I was like, also, too, are they the longest reigning NXT tag team? No, no just women's. Women? So, like, the main roster women's counts in there? I think they're talking about the NXT women's title 
women's tag title. That's, that's what I mean. It. Just that. Uh, just yes, just silo. that title. Yeah. But I was like, that's not that great of an accomplishment because no. that title's been around for like a year. Yeah, exactly. That's like. my point. I was like, but I was great. like, I was like, because they kept announcing like they're the longest. Yeah. Longest reigning women's tag team champions. Yeah. I was like, if you're counting the act, the main belts too. Yeah. I was like, that's not that bad. Yeah. Like they've been around for like five years. Mm-hmm. But I was like, just the NXT ones. Yeah. There's been like what four, four champions? People? Yeah, right. Let's see. There's been not been many. There's been eleven champions. Yeah, because they like they trade hands all since, the damn time since October of 2021. Yeah. Well, you got to think like EO Sky and. Uh, the one of the other chicks got hurt immediately, so they had to vacate. Yeah, Dakota like, Kai and Dakota Kai and Gonzalez held it for a day and then lost it, right? Yeah, so you had two champions in the matter of two hours. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of fourteen days, seven. Day yeah, reigns. right. Exactly. So I, don't know, yeah. I was like, I was anyway, like, yeah. having a hundred eighty-six day reign is not a uh, yeah, nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, not like also a feather in the cap that would be like saying a thousand times. I I think that's a pretty decent run. I mean, it's a half a year, six months. Close to no, no, no yeah, yes, yeah. I would agree with that. But yeah. like, when they're like, yeah, there's oh, the not another reign where you're like, yeah, it's yeah, like, there's oh, not like a, years. a yeah, a yeah. year or two reign where I'm like, oh, that's a yeah. really impressive reign, right. like comparatively. Roman Reigns like I've been champion three years, so your six months means nothing to me. Literally. <laughs> um, next up, we have the best two out of three falls match. The first one I can remember in a long time that just went. Two straight falls. Yeah. So Apollo Crews is like, yeah, you're going to get a good little push at NXT. No, you're not. You're just yeah. going to get freaking demolished. I, I, so, it was a rough day for Apollo Crews. So I think they messed this up in terms of, I think they wanted to shock people by going to two falls. I think the thing that they missed was everyone was just waiting for Apollo Crews to get the fall, the second fall. Mm-hmm. So the first one, he taps. Um, Carmelo Hayes yeah. gets by the tap. Yep. So then everyone's like, all right, Apollo Crews is going to get fall two. Yep. Then we're going to go three, and then yep. whoever wins, whoever right. wins. So the crowd was just kind of sitting there, like, mm-hmm. all right, we'll because like it's like one of the, it's like war games, yeah, where like you have to wait until everyone gets to the ring for the match to actually like start. Right. So the first twenty minutes doesn't really do anything except right. they're hitting each other or whatever. So like <laughs> you're just like waiting for Apollo Crews to get that second fall. Right. So the third fall starts, and then you can be like, okay, let me get into this a little bit, mm-hmm. and then Carmelo just wins the second fall, and everyone went. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Okay, yeah, good, good job. Yeah. So I think they kind of like they wanted to like well, they shock wanted, everyone. They, well, I think they wanted to get Carmelo over big because it's that clearly too. where they're going for the main event show. Mm-hmm. You know, at WrestleMania, it just like I think you're spot on though. I don't think this match had much heat at all. No, and I think it would have had a lot more heat if yeah. they both had one one right and had like and ten minutes to yeah. a third fall. But because he did it in the second fall, no yeah. one was I think everyone was like waiting for him to be like, all right, so he's gonna counter out of the submission mm-hmm. and maybe get a quick roll up or so like mm-hmm. but like he just tapped the second time. It was like, oh it's I didn't it's think over. this match was all that great. Um I, I just it, it never really felt like we got another gear like you're saying, right? Like I think everybody was kinda waiting, okay Apollo gets this one, then we go to the final one, we big crescendo it and we're outy. I still thought Carmelo Hay was gonna win the match. I do too, but, but yeah and then the afterwards attack thing was weird. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand that. Um, it was just there was a lot of randomness to this, and I didn't I didn't think it hit the way I think they were hoping it was going to hit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. Next up, we had the uh, Fatal Four Way Tag Team NXT t- Title Match here. Yep. Uh, a lot of people in this match. Yep. All you need to know though, Gallus won the title. Gallus wins the titles, pins Xavier Woods, which I thought was like a nice little nod of the cap there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this though. The whole Chase University shit is really getting over. Mm-hmm. And good for them. Like, yep. I, I was digging it. I, I like the fact that they've got that big, tall Australian dude. I don't remember what his name is off the top of my head. Um, But 
like Andre Chase, man, people were digging it. People yeah, were Duke Hudson. Yeah, Duke Hudson, thank you. Um, I like that tag team. I thought it was nicely done. I was midway through the match, I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, let, maybe we do. So, like, let's shock everybody and put the titles on them for a couple weeks and then have a real team. Whatever. But, like, I was firmly behind it. Love Gallus. Think they're a great tag team, low key. I think they're super underrated. So yes. glad they won it as well. Um, was very surprised to see a member of the New Day actually take the fall. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so Andre Chase is going to have this big hurrah. Everyone's going to believe him. And then they, they cut his knees out and they pin him. Um, so that was interesting. I thought this match was good. Not great. Too many people in the ring, mm-hmm. and I think it gets. And I think it was a. Uh, I think it was a little bit difficult because I don't think they really explained it well enough. Where like I think people, I still think like I asked last week, is this an elimination tag or just a one fall to the finish thing? I don't think they explained that mm-hmm. very well. So I think the urgency level. I think some people were kind of like, okay, we've got time, and yeah. you didn't have time. Like that was it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep, so that happened. Yep. Co-main here, we had Roxanne Perez defeating uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane for yep. the women's title. Um, your classic like tag team versus singles yep. person getting beat down, but Pretty eventually much. singles person comes on top. Yeah, they're they're really hurting. They need an experienced person mm-hmm. on this on this women's roster to like help. Yes, because this didn't feel smooth. No, it didn't. The finish felt weird. Like the weird table spot where she's like, okay, ready? One, two, three. Boop. Mm-hmm. And then, like, felt like JC Jane did not get a full rotation. So, like, almost killed herself. Like, that was not great. You know, I mean, Roxanne winning, clearly, she's going to be the guy or be the woman, sorry, that they're kind of like building around, clearly. Um, but, yeah. Next. And then, main event time, we had our steel cage match, which, by the way, can't, can't win by escaping. escaping. Stupidest thing ever. While Grayson Walder, the first five minutes of the match, was trying to escape. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And I was like, cool. Can't win like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, running away from him, but you wanted the cage match to begin with. Yeah. You're running away. You wanted the cage match. You're trying to escape, but you can't win by escaping. Right. So you're just running away from him, but it, it just, this it was no not sense. good. This was not good. No. I did I did not think this was a good match at all. No. Um, I thought the crowd was kind of like, I thought the crowd was kind of tired, honestly, mm-hmm. by the end of it. This show went long. I was not expecting this show to go as long as it did. Um, but the way you started with the NXT title at a North American match, that match was fire, and then we got to here. It just felt like they were limited mm-hmm. with the cage. They didn't use the cage as much as I thought they would. Um, I, I never really felt like Waller had a real chance in this match, which was disappointing. I thought they did. I actually thought the build to this match was really good. Yeah. I thought they made it feel like Waller was this was Waller's time. Um, the match itself, I don't think delivered though. I really don't. No, I I, I, I thought I thought they got the crowd into it at times, right? That you had the dueling Braun Breaker, you know, chance, and then you had Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller sucks stuff, so that was good. By the end, though, just kind of felt flat, and it was like, I hate, it's my least favorite finish ever, if you're going to get a clean quote-unquote finish, is one guy who's about to die just going, beat me, just come on, just finish it, I hate it. If there's no emotion, like Ric Flair doing it to Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. emotional, right? Makes a guy get all up in the feels. This match, where you know he's going to be fine the next night, it doesn't it doesn't resonate the same way. Mm-hmm. So it just, it's kind of a weak ending. To the show, kind of, in my opinion. Didn't think there's anything. They needed blood. I'm going to say it. They needed blood. Sorry, they did. This cage match needs to be violent. This match wasn't violent. It was a wrestling match that happened in a cage. Yeah. Didn't really. Yep. And then and then we set up now Carmelo Hayes challenging Braun 
at wrestling, you know, the first night of, or like at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Of of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Night one. So sure. Yeah. 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 This is not a great, not a great show. Crowd helped. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. I would say Wesley and Dijak in terms of like since 2020. It was a great match. Probably is like the third best takeover match I can think of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. And probably it's like it's sad to be like it's probably like the second best takeover card I've seen also, mm-hmm. but that's like not saying a whole lot. That's not yeah, lot. not not great by any stretch. I just think that we're just still trying to kind of find our footing, which is okay. And you saw flashes of people and, and gimmicks that are getting over, and the crowd was responding. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that they just you know they're just not there yet. You know, mm-hmm. but if they continue to go on the road though, that will help. It'll yes. help quite a bit, quite yes, a bit, yes, quite yes, a bit. Yes, yes. Um, all right, real quick here, let's check in on AEW. We have a new AEW TNT champion mm-hmm. in Mr. Samoa Rucifer Joe. Joseph. I don't know. Uh, Joe wins the title back, right? We've got, um, you know, we've still got the Brian stuff going on, right? I, I Let me ask you this, though. Do you, do you find it harder, because this is like the lull period for AEW, right, before we kind of get to, like, Revolution, then we mm-hmm. kind of have, like, the every other month pay-per-view type thing? Um do you find it harder to watch these shows because you're just kind of like it's such a long build mm-hmm. to the pay per view where you're like, all right, we got to fill seven weeks of television for Brian. All right, so he's gonna have seven really good matches, but like we got we got to find time, right? Yeah. Um, does it make it harder to watch AEW right now, or are you just kind of like you're you know we're we're groovy? No, I mean I'm pretty groovy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would say in terms of in general, it's probably yeah. the hardest time to watch. Because they just, have good yeah. wrestling on, yeah, so sure. it's not as bad. Yeah. I was when I was um, when I first started watching like WWE. Mm-hmm. I will say the hardest time to watch WWE was the build to Mania. Oh God, it's it's terrible. It's terrible because yeah. like they, there's like no matches. Right. Nothing really is going to change because you're building to bigger stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. all the Mania matches are all big, so it's like all the matches are set up in like February, mm-hmm. and they're just coming out and doing promos for like what feels like two months. And if it's two guys who doesn't do promos well, then it seems it's even it's longer. longer. Right. Um, right. Yep. Absolutely. So like the Mania build normally is just a drug. To yeah. Try to That's get why through. this one's been a nice freshing pace because like yeah you actually have you know, like interesting well, stuff you've got intertwined the t- and stuff. yeah and then like even like the elimination chambers for like the U.S. titles online like mm-hmm. you, we haven't seen that before so that's a nice like hey we understand world titles kind of been occupied we're, so we're not gonna yeah. we're gonna let other things shine which yeah. is nice yeah like, there's like some years where they put like both world titles in the chamber but yeah. you already know that like those right. matches are already set up so it's yeah. like so you're just doing chamber matches for like no reason kind of thing right correct um yep. so usually the build the mania is always like a drug to get through mm-hmm. um i've enjoyed this like five weeks of AEW tv the last couple of dynamites at least yeah. um Can I think it, my mvp for this week so far has been darby allen yeah i think he's really i and you know me i have not been the biggest darby guy mm-hmm. right historically and i still don't think he's a viable option to be the world champion in any sort of long period of time. However, his last, his last TNT title run, including the match where he beat Joe up until when he lost it, I thought was his best in ring work. He has done. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I think he has really, the character's always been there. That's fine. I thought he really did a nice job of being a standout performer in these shows with the title on the line going every single week. I thought he did a really, really, really nice job yeah. all, all this entire time. Of yeah. And time. I, I, when I, whenever I speak on Darby Allen, yeah. I don't also think he's like a yeah. six month world champion type guy, yeah. 
But like, just like the Jeff Hardy stuff, right? You can give it to him for three weeks. Yeah, right. Like you can give it to him at that night of champion show, right? And give it right back to Punk after. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Right, like right, you yeah. can do a three. Like yeah. he can win it in Seattle in his hometown, right? And then three weeks later at like Bash to the Beach, right? Drop it, drop it. Yeah. Okay. Like, and it would be a really fun moment. And yeah, it'd be for really sure. Interesting. So, um, I think he could win it at mm-hmm. one point. But let I, me let me ask you this too. Um, the TNT Championship because we—that's kind of the only thing that's really changed, right? In this last little bit. Um, do do you think that this has been firmly established as like a television style championship, right? Where yeah. we're kind of getting multiple title changes for not a real reason, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not really building to. Ma- we had like a one week build, right? Joe called, challenged him, and then had the match next week, right? And we're gonna get that Wardlow Joe feud, right? But at the same time, I feel like while I'm okay with the TNT title being a television-style championship where it's going to be defended pretty frequently and we're going to see, um, you know, we're going to, like, we're going to see frequent title changes, right? You're not going to see Cody with a six-month television title reign unless we're building to something bigger, right? Mm -hmm. With that being said, though, do you think that there now needs to be a further emphasis on really establishing that net, the second tier championship, whether that's the All Atlantic with you know Orange Cassidy and then whoever else, right, or whatever? I feel like that there's a missing void in that right now a little bit for AEW because you've got MJF with the world title, right? You know he's not even on, he's not even wrestling every single week, right? Mm-hmm. So. There's that. I, I just feel like they're missing their version of an Intercontinental Championship, missing their version of a United States title, where I feel like winning the TNT Championship is kind of a toss-up. You can go from Sammy Guevara to Samoa Joe, right? That's a mm-hmm. big difference in weight, yeah. styles, every, sizes, right? I feel like they're missing that true second championship, where if they win that, you know, like, Gunther being Intercontinental Champion means a lot mm-hmm. because you know he's going to be world champion. Historically, that's what the Intercontinental title has meant. I don't feel that same way with the TNT Championship. I don't feel that way either, but yeah. I also don't think they're missing. I, I don't feel like there's, like, a missing I'm not saying ball. they need another championship. I'm saying maybe they need to maybe refocus some, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just think that with uh, the trios, um, with the tag... Yep. and the and how everything's kind of lined up. Yep. I I'm I'm like okay with yep. how the the tiers mm-hmm. of championships are because yeah. I think when when the trio thing started, I thought the trios thing would be way more yep. TV title like. Me too. And right. they feel way more important than and it's probably because the elite just did a yeah. best of seven and the elite are holding it. And those are all main right. event type, type guys. Mm-hmm. But that title feels a lot more important than I thought they would. Mm-hmm. And so at least to begin with, at right? least yeah. at least yeah. at this point. And so I don't think you need like a big mid card title at the moment. Yeah. I, I do think maybe in like a year or two when the trails titles are kind of splashed around a little bit yeah. and the tag titles are not as stable mm-hmm. and everything else. Maybe you have a big eight man tournament where Kenny wins a. Well, like here's the thing, like I, a I, US I, yeah, I think I think like the All Atlantic Championship could be that title for and them. It could be, yeah. right? Like that. The, I guess what I'm trying to get at is like I feel like the TNT Championship doesn't have a purpose outside mm-hmm. of like, hey, it's a title, right? And that's cool, but there's been no rhyme or reason as to which guy gets it at any really particular time, right? Mm-hmm. It just kind of feels like, okay, let's go with Scorpio Sky this week, right? Um, and that's okay when you have a television show because that's what it's for. Yeah. It's for See, television I, yeah, I was gonna to say, get the title changes. Yeah, I was going to say, I like yeah. I like the idea of yes. just like... Anybody can win at any time. Anyone can yep. win at any time. Correct. It's, it's kind of what... 
I think we all wanted like the 24-7 title to be. Yeah, that's why I wanted an actual TV title or the European Championship to come back. It's for that exact purpose. Yeah. And I th- let me, I'm, I'm not trying to dismantle what they're doing with the TNT title. I'm actually enjoying it. I get it. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, I like having the feud just yeah. be like, I just want to be TNT champion. And that's and perfect. Like, yes, that's, that's, the, that's the goal. Yes. What I'm saying is that I feel like there needs to now be some sort of renewed focus to make the All-Atlantic Championship feel like it's a stepping stone to being world champion, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like that's the thing that we're, if you're trying to, try. I guess the best way of putting that is that if while building new stars, right, and building guys up to that main event scene, rather than consistently just having Moxley and Paige be the number one contender for the title and, you know, or rotating through this Rolodex of four or five guys, if you're trying to establish that next guy, like a Darby, like an Orange Cassidy, like a Pac or an Aleister Black, okay, they go on a six-month tear with the All-Atlantic Championship, right, and make that championship, and have banger matches, make that championship mean something. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like right now that All-Atlantic title is in a similar boat as the TNT Championship, where the TNT title now has an, has an identity, right? Mm-hmm. Any moment at any time, anybody can win that bad boy, right? It's 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 all or it's crazy. Anybody going into any match, you feel like oh, I could see that being a TNT champion. The All Atlantic title, I don't feel, and because it's been newer, right? I'm still trying to figure out what is the reason and the identity going to be for that championship. Is it just a television title again, mm-hmm. or are we going to see that mean like, hey? He's a former TNT champion, and then he won the All-Atlantic title, and now he's challenging for the world championship, right? What is that championship going to be? What are those stepping stones like in AEW where I can point to and go, okay, he did that. Okay, when he had that run here. Okay, it, it makes sense. He's got the accolades. He's got the resume mm-hmm. for me to care and feel like he can be the world champion, I guess is my point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I just I just don't think the AEW hierarchy at the moment yeah. needs needs that title. Yeah. title. I'm just trying I'm just looking more in the future cuz like at some point you're going to need more than MJF, Brian, Moxley, yeah. and Page. And I right? guess I guess they they do the build just like without the title. Yeah. Like I think like guys like we could just throw out like Ricky Starks. Right. He goes through Jericho, has a great match say with like Brian, right. goes through one other guy and yeah. has a really good match with the champion and you're like right. All right, this could be a guy, right? You know, like, and I guess if you had a championship and you're doing all that, then it's I, the I guess same my thing, point, but... like, it, like to M, to to your point, right? So Ricky Starks has this nice build with MJF, right? Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he wins the All Atlantic title, and you go, okay, that's a guy, yeah. right? And then if you've established him beating guys like the Rusevs and the Archers of the world, right? Then you know, okay, they position him into the point where he can beat anybody anytime, right? He he was a great All Atlantic champion. Now he's going for the world title, and now I have a real belief. Mm-hmm. Because of his resume, that he can be the world champion. I never now uh, it doesn't help that MJF just won the damn thing. But if MJF was champion for a year and we're doing a TV feud with M- if, with Ricky Starks, I'm never gonna feel like he actually can win it unless mm-hmm. I know that he has a track record of winning those big matches. I guess is my kind of philosophy on things. So yeah. just wanted to kind of ask, just you know, your opinion on it. Yeah, and I think I think they kind of can get that done with. Like the trios titles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with any championship, right. Yeah, Yeah. that's my point, right? Is, okay, how do we establish these titles to mean, like, hey, yeah, we're having banger matches, but now we've got some accolades to point to be like, you know, it's always such a big thing. You know, he's a former three-time, you know, United States champion. He's a former blah, 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 whatever. Like, even Dolph Ziggler, former two-time world champion. Just having that, even though he held it for, like, a total of 30 days, having that moniker behind you, now adds legitimacy to any time he goes against anybody, whether they win or lose. If I if he lose, that dude 
just beat a former two-time world champion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm kind of yeah. hitting at. But either way, looking forward to Revolution. This is part of the time where I'm starting to get antsy for like an AEW pay-per-view. Like we're in the middle of February. I kind of like, don't believe you. I'm like, come I, I do. I enjoy AEW pay-per-views. I do. I just I want them more often, I guess. <laughs> it's the best thing. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is I, I'm I, ready for Brian and MJF yeah, already. See, and that's the thing is like, yeah. I almost like, I almost want to keep it at four yeah. because I like the anticipation of like yeah. waiting four months and going, okay, I'm finally ready for right. Right, Brian for and, sure. and MJF. Because if you had him every month, he probably would have already have had yeah. two Brian and MJFs already. As we say, though, if they're good, I don't mind them doing it. Yes, right I, don't, I, I agree, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I'm cool with just, like, the one big. But, and th- that's the difference, though, right, is that you may have gotten two pay-per-view matches out of this feud rather than one, but, like, now if you try to stretch it to two, now it's like, man, they've been feuding for six months. Yes. This is a long time, so. Yeah drawbacks to both i get you all right that's gonna be it for this week's show next week obviously we're gonna be talking uh preview of the elimination chamber we got some lion stuff to go over um we're gonna be talking the nba trade deadline we got lots of stuff coming our way but that's gonna be it for this week's show on behalf of the missing whale man he's the merc zone mike merkel i'm the mouth of michigan rob mendica and we will see you guys as always next time